What's up, everybody? Welcome to PSI Love You XOXO, episode 19. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the OK Beast. Blessing, Eddie Oye, Junior. Greg, have you realized that I'm closely approaching the point, if I haven't approached it already, to where I've worked from home longer than I've worked in the office? You warned me about this a long time ago. You warned me about this a long time ago. I did. You did all of January, you did all of February, and then half of March. Yes. So then we have half of March, all of April... And if we get through all of May, June will we be the tipping will. point. Yeah. June, June, we will cross a line where, yeah, you will have been sequestered and quarantined longer than you than you worked in the office. How's that feel? It feels bad, man. It feels bad. <laughs> <laughs> I miss You're supposed to be, the new, you know, this new voice in video games, not be like the harbinger of doom here and bring all hell breaking loose uh, to everyone. As soon as I got hired, everything went to shit, and it just mm-hmm. keeps going to mm-hmm. shit. There were, did, you, did you see the, the murder hornets? That's like of the course I've thing. seen Have I been awake? Of course I've seen the murder hornets. Something but have you like? Have you seen them outside? Have you looked outside because they're? Oh, actually, I haven't seen yeah, them outside like, here in San Francisco. The other, the other no. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, like they're they're actually like here here. It's wild. Really? Wow. Yeah. No, I don't like it at all. Um. But yeah, I apologize for for bringing well, it's down. Well, you, you remember the joke was originally when it, we we made it funny for it was that all the games were getting delayed because of you. Yeah. And oh yeah. Now, yeah, came, we can't leave our house for three three months. It's much I wonder what what do you think is next, Greg? I mean, you're going to end up, they're going to cancel the PlayStation 5 because of you, right? They're just going to say, like, we oh, can't no. do it. We don't know why. And it's at that point, too, of, like, do we bite down and accept our new reality and just power through it, or do we fire you? I think we fi- we, we power through it. Okay. I was like, you're the opposite direction for a second there. <laughs> yeah, no, I had to think about it. Because, like, at a certain point, like, we got to realize the power we have. And, like, how can we profit off of this, right? Like, sure. How much money well, can we make by firing blessing? I feel like there that's you go. Going. Now, now I like where your head's at. We go to patreoncom slash games. We put a milestone on there. If we hit this yeah. amount of money, if we hit this number of patrons, we fire blessing, and, and every, it's, we yeah. hold the world hostage, pretty much. Yeah, as soon as you fire me, the sun comes back up. Exactly. You're sick. Of, you're sick of murder. <laughs> right uh, murder hornets. You're sick of COVID. You're sick of your games being delayed. Yeah. You you give us this amount of money. This is like grabbler kind of plan. If I ever heard one, we'll fire blessing and everything goes back to normal. I'm down for it. If I get a cut. Uh, no, you're fired. That's how it is. Then I'm not down for it. Okay, well, I just wanted to. Do now, speaking of the pandemic and how it's changed everything, stick with me. Hold my hand because we're going to have to take a walk here. Last week, you did perhaps the most important opening topic of a PSI Love You in recent Thank memory, you. where you said, What PlayStation executive, past or present, do I think makes the best mac and cheese? And this led to a very philosophical debate. A whole bunch of names were thrown around. Uh, I'm still waiting on Herman Hulse to respond to my tweet about it. I should actually ping that while I'm thinking about it. However, Gio Corsi, the man himself, formerly of PlayStation, now of Ilphonic, did respond to us after listening to the episode. And he tweeted, hey, at Game Over Greggy and at Blessing Jr. I do indeed make a killer mac and cheese. So does Adam Boys. It's absolutely fantastic. Once this current world order relaxes, we will all get together and cook. Because one thing I know for sure, when Adam and Geo cook together, everybody wins. Hashtag P-S-I-L-Y-X-O-X-O. To which... God, that's so good. That's so exciting. Adam Boys. Adam Boys responded, oh, hell to the yes. Now, of course, these people are important in the conversation because we started with this conversation of Geo probably cooks a great mac and cheese. But then I, I was like, his is going to be a fancy steakhouse. Adam's going to be more what he'd make for his kids. Where does this shake mm-hmm. out? Where it gets more interesting, of course, 
is that after we finished that episode of PS I Love You, I went to the document. I well, actually during during it, I I amended the PS I Love You question form, and I amended the wrong month, so you couldn't see it for a while. But then I went to the right form and amended that to have your input on who you think makes the best mac and cheese. Then I screenshotted the question, put that on Twitter. That brought other people out of the woodwork, including uh, PlayStation Blogs Sid Schumann, who says Whoa. I'd win. Thanks to key tips from Tim Turry. Now, Tim Turry, of course, over at PlayStation doing his stuff too, right? I don't know what that is, but it makes me interested. Then, with a, a haymaker out of left field, Corey Barlog sounded off and said, I would own all of you. And then he did the grinning face with smiling eyes. So how do we make this happen? We have really to finish the pandemic. Happen. And again, we're back to firing you. It seems like we have to make yeah. this sacrifice. I guess, man. I'll I'll do it. Why not? No. regular we'll, yv for second <laughs> we'll get through this together and then we will have to have a maybe at the new office we'll be breaking in with a mac and cheese making party and contest now I, i'm upset with us that we didn't bring up sid schumann last week well again i think we were playing fast and loose with executives right so that put us True. into an echelon of thinking that i'm not sure and i'm not taking a shot at sid i'm not even sure what sid's title is but obviously we we're thinking of like a, a geo corsi right or adam boys people who are out on stage with the big uh, high flute and title and stuff now as i said we put this question uh, and I do want to hold on. I need to check on this Herman Hulse stuff. Hold on, because this reminds me that I still haven't heard from him. Because the question, remember, was, does he have mac and cheese in Amsterdam? To which in plenty Amsterdam. of people, not Herman Hulse related, chimed in. And we're trying to answer the question for him. And I'm like, I'll believe it when I hear it from Herman Hulse. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not here just to get questions from anybody. I'm here to get answers from anybody. I want to know the real thing. Oh, you got to go to the latest right on Twitter. There it is. I'm doing this thing where I squint like this. Yeah, it's him talking about something. Here we go. Okay, okay, here we go. So, yeah, on May 4th, I tweeted at Herman, is there mac and cheese in Amsterdam? If so, is it a popular dish? He did not respond. So on May 5th, I said, let me know Herman. And he still didn't respond to that, it would look like. So now we're just going to add another one here. Hi, and I'm just going to go, hi, Herman. Hi, Herman. All lowercase. You know what I mean? I don't want to scare oh, him off. Oh, yeah. You don't want to scare way, people feels, off. Feels gentle that way. Exactly, exactly. Um, however, like I said, this was a question we put to you, ladies and gentlemen, the audience, the PS I love you, XOXO faithful, the kind of funny best friends. Uh, Justin B wrote in and said, the answer is quite obvious. Sean Layden. He clearly found a new love for mac and cheese, started a restaurant, forcing Sony to unceremoniously say goodbye as they scrambled to find a replacement. It's Fair. true. Nobody knows where Sean Layden went or why he left so abruptly. Maybe it was the start of mac and cheese. Uh, Jericho says Shuhei Yoshida because what can't Shuhei do? Which is a great, also fair, great point. You know what I mean? These are great Shuhei, arguments we're making. We did. I did immediately dismiss Shu last time around. Where I just she was always out at the business dinners. He's always eating the the fried chicken with Gio. But I guess if I'm including Gio, maybe I should include you. I don't know. Uh, Nathan Choquette says Jim Ryan course uh big big time head of playstation he's been so protective of children in the past how can we assume he doesn't that doesn't equate to him making a mean mac and cheese that was a dynamite that's a great one that's a great dynamite one. slam dunk on jim ryan uh, crossplay didn't want crossplay because he had to think about the children of course then this one i found interesting from brandon herman just looks like he'll give you a good time all around <laughs> i herman mean again just like not a bad argument a good time all around not a bad argument but like what is what does brandon mean barrett courtney boss baby what does he, he mean he obviously means he'll give you the breakfast lunch and dinner exactly right? he, he'll, he's gonna he'll give, give you a four three course. course meal and all courses are gonna have some sort of mac and cheese in it that's what he see means. what i oh, interpreted yeah. what i interpreted it as was like maybe the mac and cheese won't be world tier it won't be s tier like whatever we're getting from uh geo and adam boys right mm. but it'll be good and on top of that you're gonna drink you're gonna get you know you're gonna have a you're gonna have a nice piece of meat you're gonna have be a good out, time you're going to be out in the back of backyard Amsterdam. Do they have backyards in Amsterdam? You think you're going to be out. 
You mean some kind I, of deck? I don't think Europe has backyards. <laughs> like, think about any like any house you've seen in Europe. Sure. I feel like none of them look like houses that have backyards. I think unless you're watching it's like the, the random house. Blessing. <laughs> when Harry like, Potter, guys... Harry Potter has a backyard. I mean, he lives yeah. under the stairs, right? Yeah, they have. I guess, a oh yeah, he did have a backyard. He did have a backyard. You're right. One you're of the right. companions from Doctor thinking, Who had a backyard. I was thinking like the videos that you see of like Italy, where they're like singing to each other from their balconies. Sure. That's that's kind of what I was picturing. It's a very COVID thinking. world right now. You know, I don't know if that's represent representative of the entire. And again, that, yeah, those but are think, like cities. I don't think as they well. had. I don't think they had backyards anyway. Also though, true. Like outside of COVID. Blessing, you're on. Cities, good, good point. You're on Lucy James' watch. All right, when she walks in through over there to get coffee or something throughout this thing, we'll stop her and ask her. Okay. Okay. We'll do and then my final response that I want to bring up before we get to some PlayStation stuff, outside of this mac and cheese PlayStation debate, it, who, what Sony exec would have uh, the best mac and cheese? Yosef uh, Barker responds, I have no idea what this means. <laughs> <laughs> Showed up to the forum to ask a totally normal PlayStation uh, question on PS I Love You XOXO, and then completely confused as to why we're asking about mac and cheese and PlayStation executives. Now, the question I have for you, Greg Miller, is uh-huh. what is the possibility that Mr. Herman Holst uh, has already muted you, and that's why you're not getting a response. You know, that's the thing. Herman's been my boy forever. He wouldn't mute me on ceremony. If I had done something wrong or I would said something annoying, I would understand. But Herman legit and I go back to my first days at IGN. Mm. What's more alarming is that he hasn't – he's not active on Twitter right now. That's what's alarming. Right mm. now, the – what? Oh, hold on. That's actually kind of – oh, shit. No, he's been active. Fuck. I, he hasn't responded to me. I'm, I'm saying oh, man, maybe he muted. Last maybe time he was, hadn't done stuff. Maybe the mac and cheese <laughs> like was the final straw, Greg. That's all I'm saying. Well, no, because it was – okay, cool. Let's stick with me. Stick with me. Stick with me. He retweeted uh, a bunch of the Naughty Dog stuff from April 26th to April 27th. Then he was quiet, right? And then on May 6th, he quote tweeted the Last of Us video uh, trailer that we did the reacts to and said, out, uh, out June 19th, bravo at Naughty Dog. Then quote tweeted the – uh, uh, Ghost of Tsushima trailer from the 8th and then he responds to somebody speaking in a dialect I'm not sure yeah, they're talking in their native tongue I think on May 10th so it's like he's not on Twitter a lot probably the mac and cheese just slipped by it's now the 11th we've we've pinged the thread again I'm sure he's going to see it this time how this the statement is if I've done if I did something wrong or if I was annoying I could understand and then the first thing I see when I open up Twitter is Greg tweeting tweeting in all uh, or in all lowercase just hi Herman <laughs> just that <laughs> they love me a playstation you know what i mean they love it they can't get away from me i'm i'm just like a bad bacteria that won't leave i'm a good foot fungus but like i'm not a bad bacteria like i'm gonna do something bad to your foot like i'm fighting off other bat batter bacteria i'm annoying but i'm there for the right reasons yeah you're there to get us pat upon two or three which one was it that i got remastered i got pat upon two and it's insulting two. you about that. all right just putting that out there. i mean th- there's three of those things you know what am i to do maybe there's gonna be four as a launch game I, put, I don't really know that, and I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, instead, let's get into PSI Love You XOXO, your weekly PlayStation podcast. Remember, the show posts each and every Tuesday, 9 a.m., youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, podcast services around the globe. Uh, you can watch it early, though, if you really wanted to. You can go to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. Most of the time, you can watch it live. You can't today because of scheduling problems and conflicts. Uh, but... You can also go there to get it ad-free. You can get your questions read on the show. You can be a Patreon producer like some of the amazing names I'm about to read. And, of course, you get the exclusive post show we do each and every week. So many reasons to go to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames and support us. Maybe if you just think we do a good job on the show, go over there, kick us a buck, and get the incredible Blessed Way show that's no longer called Blessed Way. Bless up. Is it? Bless up. How's yeah. that going? It's going pretty good. All right, good. Uh, today we're going to be talking about if PlayStation 5 is behind the curve. But before then, let me introduce you to this month's PlayStation podcast. Nope. 
PlayStation uh, Patreon producers. Mohammed Mohammed, uh, a.k.a. Momo. Al Tribesman, the Predator, whose Let's Play, where Al Tribesman, after being called a child predator forever on KFAF, showed up to play with us. Uh, you can get that on YouTube.com slash kind of funny. Wait, was that the bit? He went I from being got- the, tri- the huntsman to the tribesman to the predator, and then Nick always says, "You want some candy?" And like it was getting, it was getting that <laughs> oh, creepy okay. Nick voice. You know what well, I mean? So I never, I never got the child wait, predator. That's wait, where I'm escalating. It. That's where I, I always just took it as a regular, or maybe not regular, but the alien predator. Is, sure, yeah, yeah, he's the predator. Yeah. Is you want some candy? Not a line from the predator because that's what I got from that. No, no, it <laughs> is. But think of how Nick says it. All right, let's just think about Nick yeah. for a second. Put it into that context of him asking if you want some candy. You anyway. want some candy. Uh, yeah, exactly. Sancho West Gaming, Cody Banks, the secret agent, Trent Barry, Julian, the gluten-free gamer, Joseph O. Youssef, and Scott Radloff. Today we're brought to you by our sponsor, Keeps, but I'll tell you about that later for now. Blessing, what are this week's X's and O's? Greg, last week was... Not the week of PlayStation. It was more so the week of Xbox because yeah, Xbox know, right? got the, they got the head start on next gen reveals, which I think spawned a lot of. What, what, what's that you're gonna say? I said, did they? Oh, did yeah. They That's started us talking about next gen, right? How many of these games are actually exclusive though? Yeah, well, that and, that, and that's kind of what I get into because uh, they did their whole inside Xbox where they revealed a bunch of uh, next gen third party games, uh, third party partners that are partnering with them to, to, I guess, have their games come out on Xbox Series X. But with that, one, you also have games that are going to be on PlayStation. But then also, I think you have the question pop up uh, of where's Sony in all this? Like in, in terms mm. of the, the, the PS5 reveal cycle versus the Xbox Series X reveal cycle. Yeah. And I want to pull specifically an article from PlayStation Lifestyle. Uh, this is written by Chandler Wood. The name of the article is, and this is the topic of, the, I guess, the topic of the, this week's X's and O's that I want to talk about. Is Sony behind the curve with the PS5 reveal or are they drafting on, X, on uh, Microsoft's next-gen announcements? Again, this is uh, Chandler, Chandler Wood from PlayStation Lifestyle. I'm going to read directly from the article a bit, and then we can talk about it. Uh, they write, yep, this topic again, because it's still relevant. In a world where Microsoft is making big moves and Sony's silence is starting to get deafening, in the next-gen news space, Microsoft is dominating the conversation with transparency and excitement for what's coming this holiday season. In fact, the company and multiple executives at Xbox, like Phil Spencer, Aaron Greenberg, and others, have been hyping the Xbox Series X all year. And now, the company has a roadmap in place for, for the next six months or so, with a bunch of reveals leading up to, to the holiday 2020 release date. And so the question remains, where is Sony in all of this? Is Sony behind the curve by not hyping the, the PS5 more, or is the term PS5 simply synonymous enough with the next-gen com- uh, conversation that the company can more or less draft on Microsoft building hype? If Sony is indeed banking on brand loyalty and name recognition, it's a bold strategy, though uh, judging purely on the numbers seems to be going well for them so far. Sure, PlayStation still ha- has The Last of Us Part Two and Ghost of Tsushima this year as PS4 releases. A lot of speculation says that Sony doesn't want or need to jump into next-gen conversation right now because there's still life left in the PS4. Even I myself said that Sony should wait and make sure they are prepared and doing things right with the next-gen reveals, especially considering how much the ongoing pandemic has shifted previous marketing plans and promotion plans. But there's no denying the very obvious and clear discrepancy in the very transparent and forward excitement of Microsoft and Xbox Series X versus the veiled secrecy surrounding so much of the PS5. Just look at this tweet and the replies from Aaron Greenberg about what's coming up for Xbox. And the article then screenshots a, a Twitter uh, or a tweet from Aaron, Aaron Greenberg on Twitter who tweets, 
common questions. Oh, hold up. My computer did something weird. Hold up. I'm coming back. There we go. Common questions. <laughs> Thursday show will be under an hour. June news will be done differently than inside Xbox show. July is the big Xbox game studio show. We'll go around the world to see first looks and even new game announcements from those creative teams. We'll answer more in the replies. And he kind of went on talking about more in detail what Xbox has coming up over the next few months. Exactly. He was being transparent about it, right? And answering the questions yes. he's seeing his feed rather than staying silent about it as PlayStation has with so many of their questions. Exactly. Including, is there a mac and cheese in Amsterdam? Herman Hulse respond. And Herman Hulse will not let, give us an answer, right? Uh, we already know what the kind of the, the article continuing. We already know what the console looks like. We're looking, we're, we're getting a, a look at third party games on the system in just a couple of days. We know that June will be a unique Xbox Series X showcase, probably a release date, price, pre order reveal of some, of, of some sort. We know that July will we'll see a closer look at first party Xbox games. And then August, September, and October will each have milestones as players get hyped and ready for next gen. And on top of that, they're setting expectations for length and scope of each reveal and show. Sony's been less than transparent on a PS5 reveal timeline. Conversely, last time Sony had an announcement, they touted Mark Turner's PS5 tech talk, one that was very obviously meant for GDC and not the wider gaming audience as a big PS5 reveal. As interesting as the nerds like me found it to be, and again, this is the article talking, and I also found it pretty Yeah, no, we, we did too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was still very, very technical and very much not the whole serial reveal of the PS5 that most people wanted. Expectations weren't set properly. From that talk, we simply received vague promises that there would be a, a console teardown at some point in the future. It wasn't too long after that we got the DualSense controller reveal very suddenly and out of nowhere, and since then, just silence from Sony, at least when it comes to next-gen talk. There are rumors, of course, as there always are. The latest one says, Sony's PS5 reveal isn't set to happen until June 4th, which would technically line up with past consoles. June would allow them to reveal the console's look, price, release date, and open, open up pre-orders a good five to six months ahead of release. But it leaves May wide open for third parties to be in Microsoft's court. This became a notable issue with CD Projekt Red, who is openly talking about its Xbox Series X version of Cyberpunk 2077, but can't mention the PS5 version ahead of Sony revealing more about the console. And I'm going to stop there, because the article continues. There's quite a few It's a great read. It lays out a really good argument. Yeah, again, that's PlayStation Lifestyle articles by Chandler Wood. I highly recommend people uh, read the rest of our article, give them the clip, because they're, they, they did great work with this one. Mm -hmm. To bring it back, though, Greg, how do you feel about the pacing of all this, right? E Xbox coming out last week with Inside Xbox, showing us uh, uh, game reveals for next gen, right? Kind of getting that, that head start, whether or not it was received uh, the best, because there's definitely mixed impressions on, on, on how that went. But yeah. them putting out that, that foot first. Where do you where do you feel like PlayStation kind of stands in all this in terms of of the pacing of it all? It's what we talk about all the time in whether it be our live reactions to the Xbox conference, whether it be a live reaction to a PlayStation thing, whether it's this show, whatever. Um, it's a tale of two different publishers and how they want to do this. And Xbox is doing this reveal of the Series X in such a modern 2020 way, which I realize sounds ridiculous, but in the way of we're going to roll with the punches. We're doing Zooms from home. For some reason, we won't even send everybody matching cameras or microphones. It's literally, what do you have in your house? Go ahead and do it. We're going to have fun. And it works because, all right, that's what it's going to be. And it's going to be this, as I talked about uh, a few weeks ago, Phil Spencer's tweet being, hey, we've heard you loud and clear. You want transparency. You want authenticity. That's what we're going to give you. And so you saw that tweet be followed up with the event, then followed up with Aaron Greenberg coming out and being like, you know what? We did we did set expectations wrong for this show. It's something that teams looking at going forward, yada, yada, yada. That's based on the reaction to it. Meanwhile, 
you have PlayStation who, even if you want to go as far as saying, well, the Wired articles, the PlayStation blog, uh, the GDC talk, I want to include, but they are doing things differently, but they're doing them in the same way. This is still a very traditional ramp up and release of information on a console front that you would have seen for the PlayStation 4, that you would have seen for the PlayStation 3. And the PlayStation 4, of course, obviously, we always talk about that February event where they came out and gave the boring stuff and then saving it for E3, the big, you know, price tag and look and all these things, right? The Wired articles have served as the boring February stuff. And I think, honestly, are a better way to do it. Because I don't think, you know, we see the reaction to the Mark Cerny talk from GDC, which is, I, you know, was where it was scheduled to be to begin with. It's a, the reaction from the general populace has been that it was boring, right? That wasn't what we wanted to see. Whereas I think when Cerny gave that talk about PlayStation 4 in February, PlayStation was in a different place, right? And, you know, the PlayStation 4 reveal in February. PlayStation was in a different place, needing to speak to developers and needing to say that, hey, it's, we've learned from our mistakes. It isn't a cell processor. It's going to be able to run. Here's all the cool voxels and pixels, and here's Knack. They needed to have that ground to capitalize on. And I think right now, there's the argument for hubris. There's the argument that, are they learning nothing from their mistakes of the past, yada, yada, yada. They, but the argument for them would be internally, and I do think publicly, and I do think just in reality, is they don't need to prove as much as Microsoft does. They don't need to come out and have multiple multiple events to stay in the new cycle because guess what whenever xbox does something there's immediately talk of the playstation 5 the playstation 5 is marketing itself playstation could come out and do a bunch of different events and do you know try to match uh, microsoft's 2020 here this xbox 2020 where they're going to have something every month this summer but they don't need to because when there is an event like this, right? And, you know, we're obviously reading this from PlayStation Lifestyle. One of the hyperlinks they have as well, right? Or that we had pulled from PlayStation Lifestyle as well was the rundown, just a laundry list of, all right, cool. Which inside Xbox, or which inside Xbox net gen reveal games are coming to PS5? Again, Chandler Wood, who's killing the game out there. And him going through and detailing each and every one of these games and if it's coming to PlayStation 5 and if it's coming to cross-gen. Like, it is this argument that, we've talked about it forever. And I mean like my forever, right. Of when exclusives kind of fell away in terms of this game, like is a GTA three and it's only available on PS2 and instead became, all right, cool. Call of duty is getting its uh, DLC first on Xbox and there's going to be windows of exclusivity. And then, all right, cool. This game is being marketed with the Xbox logo in the front and the Xbox logo in the back or the PlayStation logo in the front, and the PlayStation logo at the back, but it is everywhere. Right. And it was everywhere. Like, People look at the Xbox next-gen reveal stuff, and it's like, okay, cool, and the third-party stuff. And be like, all right, cool, I understand I'm going to be able to get most of these games here, right? And even what we talked about where it clearly they were of uh, the uh, developers and I think PR people were embargoed for the next morning because the next morning getting ready for games daily, boom, my email exploded with all of a sudden these rundowns of the games I saw yesterday now confirming other platforms. Like Xbox asked for a you know, day or 24 hours or whatever exclusivity. Mm-hmm. Like... It's this bizarre cycle right now of Xbox doing things very differently, PlayStation doing things very methodically in the way they've always worked, but they're also two strategies that have been impacted by the fact that we're in a pandemic and you can't leave your house. So they're different from what they would have been. And so is this how the dual sense would have been rolled out before? And And does it really matter? And in the end, which one of them is going to win this and which one of them is going to matter and have a better launch? I still don't think you know because we still don't have the important information of how much are these consoles and 
what game, what, what are the games, what are the launch lineups that I can only get on my PlayStation 5 or my Xbox Series X? And so, you know, it's interesting to have this conversation and Chandler's article, right, of like, is Sony behind right now? Is, is Sony behind the curve with the PlayStation 5 reveal or drafting on Microsoft's next-gen announcements? I think more than anything, PlayStation isn't behind. They're part of the conversation. And I also think they're not really drafting on it because I would bet dollars to donuts with all due respect to Xbox and everybody else. If I'm a third-party publisher and or developer or PR person, I'm trying to get my game into a event, I want it in the PlayStation 5 event. I think there's more hype for PlayStation 5 in terms of it is we know less about it. It is that PlayStation 4 is such a juggernaut success right now. That's the marquee place to be. And I think PlayStation knows that. And I think they know that third parties will take care of third parties. We don't need to go do this. You know what I mean? We just announced, uh, you know, uh, the Gorilla Collective that we're doing, right? The E3 showcase this uh, year. Yeah. The Summer of Gaming, uh, you know, uh, Keeley's deal, IGN's deal, GameSpot's yeah. deal. Like all the fact that there are so many different avenues to advertise your game now only benefits PlayStation 5 and takes the pressure off of them to try to make a space for all of these things. And so for me, it doesn't come down to is Sony behind the curve on the reveal. I don't think they are. It's more of is the gamble of what I assume is going to be one conference to rule them all the right way to do this. And coming off the heels of an Xbox Series X third party thing where everybody was like, they didn't even show gameplay. This sucks, blah, blah. And you have Aaron Greenberg being like, all right, cool. We're listening. Or like, that's not the look you wanted, right? And like, I, I can't imagine what PlayStation's conference would have to look like to have that reaction the next day. And granted, Xbox Series X, same thing. When they come out and they're like, here's another look at the box. Here's the price tag. Here's the lineup. Here's like, I think that stuff will rule the day. But when you start trying to section it out and divvy it up like this is when you run into these things of, well, this isn't what I wanted. Like, I feel like PlayStation's yeah. giving us the traditional, here's everything in the kitchen sink conference. And again, I'm talking on my ass. I don't know what the conference is, but I assume that's what it's going to be. Here's fucking everything you need to know about the PlayStation 5 in an hour and a half or whatever it's going to be. Maybe even way shorter if it's just people talking over B-roll. Is that what's going to win the day or is it going to be Xbox's continued drip of information? Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm kind of with you uh, through all of that, right? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm in a place where it's hard for me to really fault PlayStation for not being as continually vocal as xbox is even though like you know personally i'd kind of i'd, I'd kind of like them to do something similar i don't i don't think that by any means they have to right yeah. like i we look in this article kind of touches on it all right like we look at xbox we look at you know phil spencer and aaron greenberg and how much they're communicating with the audience we look at their their planned rollout for the xbox series x we look at the monthly streams that they're doing we look at them even getting the head start here in terms of revealing next gen games uh which which yeah this other article points out that like a lot of those games are also coming to playstation right mm -hmm. um i look at that and i absolutely love that and i'm looking in the background now. i don't i don't know if that's lucy james or or jen i think that's jen because she came out of the right the right room that's jen she can't that's help jen. us dang thanks for um, nothing jen i mean do they have backyards in canada no, I know in Canada, the can Canada's the backyards. Please, they got back acres and acres and acres. They got wild forests. Of course. Of course. Jen, what do you think? Are there a lot? Are, if I was, have you been to Amsterdam? Yeah, no. You've been to Europe though, like right? Yeah. What, 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 what are we looking at for backyards? They got a lot of backyards in Europe. Not in the central. Cities. Not, not in the central cities. Not, yeah. not in the central cities. Okay. All right. Thank you. What, what, what is your take? Do you think there's good mac and cheese in Amsterdam? But then, yeah, but then everybody's trying to get, push me to carbonara. You know what I mean? 
I just love the uh, shot. Hey, you Greg's argue with face. the audience, not me. I'm telling you what they say. I digress. Greg uh, looking backwards. Hey, this is good like, content. All right, this, this is great. Kid driving his truck right now and he's chuckling. Yeah, to the point to the point of the Xbox thing, though, right? Like, I I absolutely love what Xbox is doing on their side. I think what they're doing is absolutely smart, and I think they're they're nailing it for the most part, right? Like, there have been there have been misfires, right? This last week was kind mm -hmm. of a misfire for them. I think in the in the overall uh, takeaway of it from the audience, but I think the idea of their their rollout here is smart. On the other side, though, for PlayStation, right? Like, the world stopped when. The when, like you said, when the logo was revealed, the, the the world stopped when the PS5 controller was revealed, right? And like part of that is because the PS5 controller is dynamically different and it looks very interesting. But like I think no matter what they would have put out there, right? Like the world would have stopped for it in terms of their reveals. And when PlayStation comes out in in early June, late May, the world's gonna stop for it, and we're all gonna gather for it, and we're all gonna watch it. And if they come out and, and nail it, I think you know I the 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 post like. Post June is where I think things are going to get interesting because if it is like kind of what we're talking about, where Xbox is coming out month after month after month, and PlayStation kind of shows up and then disappears until the PS5 uh, uh, actual launch, yeah, then I think the conversation gets more interesting. Of because right now the article is talking a lot about PlayStation drafting off of the Xbox Series X, right? And and you look at uh, games like Scarlet Nexus that was revealed, right? And and yeah. that game coming to PS5, Madden NFL 21 obviously coming to PS5, Chorus that was that was that was revealed uh, at the inside Xbox, right? That's coming yeah. to PS5 and PS4. Vampire the Masquerade 2 that's coming to PS5, right? Like, course. you know, like PlayStation isn't necessarily like they don't really have. I actually I haven't checked the PlayStation blog, but I don't think there were any. There was a PlayStation blog post about any of these. Um, as far as I saw, I might be wrong about that. One of them might have, but you could maybe one of maybe one of them. But like, like for the most part, though, like I feel like I feel like PlayStation could have hopped on those in a very intentional way that would have been like, oh snap, yeah, like play like PlayStation is really like drafting off of the off of Xbox. Either way, though, whether intentional or mm -hmm. unintentional, I still feel like PlayStation is kind of getting some wind in their sails from these same reveals that Xbox is making. And Dirt Five, that was the one. Dirt Five, you're right. I actually read that one. Um, when you when you look at the information about what we got last year, right, the SSD and ray tracing, all that stuff, right, like both companies kind of fed off of each other with those reveals because at the end of the day, they're kind of the same. They're doing a lot of the same things. Yeah. With if if PlayStation comes out and announce their own form of smart delivery, and if it's like the same details, like they're gonna feed off of that, and that's like, that same energy. And that so, one like, you, I wonder so much about as we continue to bring that up on different shows and stuff and people keep pointing at it. I wonder if PlayStation has the answer and I wonder if internally they are like, fuck, we should just talk about it. We talked about DualSense. Why don't we just talk about this? Or if they're yeah. really like, the answer is no, we're fucked. What are we going to say? Yeah, like they're, they're very much feeding off of each other in these sort of, sort of ways. I think post june is where that could kind of stop right post june where where all the cards are on the table yeah. uh, for the most part about what each of the what both companies are doing i think june forward is then where like yeah in july we, we get the xbox exclusives right like there's nothing to kind of draft off there uh and i think you know from then on really like it's them kind of having their own message and going with their own strategies and i think that's kind of what separates them on both the xbox front and the playstation front once the genie is fully out of the bottle once you know price, date, and everything else, information won't be hard to come by. And the shackles will be off other uh, partners who want to talk about it and what their game is and say this, say that, you know, what the launch lineup looks like, when their game's coming, all these different things. Like, right now, that's the biggest 
not hurdle, I guess, but weight on everybody is yeah. this, like this standoff trying to figure out who's going to go and when they're going to go. I was so shocked today, you know, uh, right before we went li- live to record this, uh, Ubisoft put out the Ubisoft forward stuff, right? Yep. And I was looking at it and I was like, oh man, July 17th. I was like, oh man, what a crap. I'm like, wait, no, wait, that's July, not June. No, they're, they're that yeah. far out. They're that far out. Oh my gosh. Like we really are extending this into such unprecedented water in terms of how do you release your games and your information about your games and make it make sense and not step on everybody and not overload everything. And to see them get that far out in front of it, it did have that moment of like, man, that's crazy. And then I was like, wait, when do you think fucking PlayStation's going? <laughs> like, wait a second. Yeah. Well, you just, I think you just cut out there. I don't know if that was just me, Barrett. It sounds like Greg's muted for me. Oh, did you unplug your microphone? That's what it was. Am I, am I unmuted now? No, you're back now. You're back now. Back now. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. Seeing the cycle get drawn out the way it's getting drawn out and what that's actually going to equate to. By the way, the 12th, I said the 17th. Sorry, I was thinking of Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, July 12th for Ubisoft Forward, a Sunday. Yeah. Uh, it, to that point, right? Like you, you talk about, like, yeah, yeah, when is PlayStation, PlayStation going? I think the Ubisoft thing is even more interesting because does that mean they're not going to have games at, like, say the PlayStation reveal is, is early June? Do you not get Ubisoft games in, in that reveal? Or. Are we all just wrong? And do we get the PlayStation reveal in mid July or something like that? Oh my because god! That, because that's because like, and this is the thing me and me and Tim were talking about a little bit a, a little bit today earlier today, is that you look at what PlayStation has for this year, right? They have they have um, Ghost of Tsushima and they have uh, Last of Us, right? Coming out uh, second um, half of yeah June and July. You imagine at some point they're going to want to talk about those games coming to PS Five in the in the the benefits that those games have coming to PS Five. I don't think they would want to talk about that those details before those games come out on PS4 because you don't want to mess with sales of, the, of those PS4 titles. Have people go yeah. like, oh, well, if this runs better and looks better and does all these things better on PS5, then I'm just going to wait. And so do they, does PlayStation go in June and just leave out those details for those games and then follow up in August, September, and then talk about those games um, and the benefits that no, those games I get? Feel like, I feel, I hear you, but if you are a hardcore gamer, and you are an Xbox fan, and you are like, I have never bought a PlayStation, but this Ghost of Tsushima or this Last of Us Part Two really have me thinking about buying a PlayStation 4. I think that number is so small. Like, I bet there's a lot of, not casual people, but people who, stories like I always have, but, you know, a different time, right? Of, they roomed with somebody in college, and they watched them play The Last of Us, and they thought The Last of Us was great, but then never thought about it again. But now it's about to come out, and you know what? I might buy a PlayStation 4 bundle with it. because th- That's like that's who that kind of news is aimed at and screws with. I think if you are going to do a PlayStation 5 event, as you know, the article is talking about here, right? This June 4th date that's been kicked around a few times. Uh, if that's what's going to happen, and they're going to come out and say, hey, here it is, PlayStation 5, blah, blah, blah. I think you can still say, and of course, you know, later this month, you know, on the 19th, we have uh, uh, Last of Us Part 2 coming out. It's a, it's amazing, blah, blah. But here's how fast it loads from a PlayStation 4 to a PlayStation 5. As long as they have an answer for backwards, com- well, I guess they have backwards compatibility. I was going to say smart delivery, but even that you wouldn't need to if I'm just saying how much better it runs through backwards compatibility, right? Like, that can be yeah. your example of it. You know, Ghost of Shima comes out on July 17th. Uh, if you buy it, then, you know, it's going to obviously work on your PlayStation thing. So here's how you would jump around and do this. Like, as long as you have the answer there, I don't think you... Sk- and it, it's exactly what we're talking about with smart delivery, where, yep, you buy it on your PlayStation 4, and it ba- it's going to be one of the backwards compatible games that works right away on PlayStation 5. You can send over your save. It loads this much faster. It looks this much better. Like, 
I could see that not being a thing. I don't. I, that to me, that doesn't make people go, "Oh fuck!" Well, I'm not going to buy the game until I get the PlayStation Five. It's like, no, I'll buy the game and play it on my PlayStation Four, which I already have, or I'm going to buy it with a PlayStation Four because I'm not going to buy a PlayStation Five. Or I guess there's going to be some that'll be like, I guess I'll wait to buy when I buy the PlayStation Five. I'll put it down then. But in this weird place where we're at, where there's this much space between the end, the end in quotes, PlayStation 4's life cycle and the beginning of the PlayStation 5, I don't think, I mean, I don't think they should be releasing these games this late to begin with in that thing. But again, a lot of this was working mm-hmm. against them in terms of the pandemic yeah. time. But yeah. I still think if you're going to, if, if you're going to come out and have a smart delivery answer or just, and I keep throwing that around and I know backwards compatible is already there. So it's already running. But I know every time I try to use that in the argument of smart delivery, somebody wants to eat my fucking face and say, that's not what smart delivery is. If it's going to be that, hey, when you buy Last of Us, we're going to give you the 8K texture pack when you get it for PlayStation 5. And it'll like do some sort of cross buy, like like enhancements that are passed, just like the, the, the um, I guess, floor level or base level uh, backwards compatibility boost. Right. I, yeah. You imagine that there's, and I, I, I'm, I almost don't want to speculate this because I don't want to get like spiralless into something else. We're not going to do it. You imagine that there's going to be a version of, of Last of Us Part Two that comes out on PS5 that goes beyond just the backwards compatible word, version. That is like taking advantage in some sort of unique ways that go beyond that initial boost. But will I be able to transfer my save for my PS4 No, Barry, Barry don't PS5. ask that question. Don't ask that question because that's where people, that's that's where this thing falls apart. Is it the I same refuse to save? On <laughs> I refuse to speculate on that. All right, it's going to be backwards compatible. That's good enough. It's going to run better and load faster, and that's all I care about. <laughs> Period and statement. And I think that with that being the the our guess and argument of what they would do, that you could still do that at the the June fourth thing that the uh, PS or PS I love you PlayStation Lifestyle is talking about and quoting Jeff Grubb is talking about. Like you do that and. It's more exciting that you're buying this game and investing in the future and that there will be more down the line or it'll look better or run better or whatever the hell. Also, I just don't think that any of us, excuse me, gamers are inclined to wait more than we have to. You know what I mean? Like we have to wait for everything we love and it sucks. It's a it's shitty hobby if you don't want to wait and we have to wait all the time for the next great cool thing. And so when June 19th and Last of Us Part 2 drops, I doubt people are going to be like, Oh man, I was gonna pick it up. Can't wait. Huge Naughty Dog fan, but I hear it's gonna run better and look better on PlayStation Five, so I'm not gonna buy it. Like, no, you're gonna fucking buy it and you play it again on your PlayStation Five. I I I think like gamers and like Naughty Dog fans and PlayStation fans are gonna think that way, but I think there's like a portion of a casual audience that is gonna wait. I but the, well, the casual, like, why would they? I would say if you're that casual, you don't own the PlayStation Four already. At which point, I don't think you were like, I was gonna buy the PlayStation Five. I was going to buy the PlayStation 4 with Last of Us Part 2 and then buy a PlayStation 5 in a few months. Well, I'm, I'm talking about people that already own a PlayStation PlayStation 4 that might be, like, looking forward to a Last of Us Part 2 and then see that's coming to PS5 and then go, like, uh, I'm, I'm, I plan, like, I'm planning on getting this for Christmas or whatever. But I think to your point, right, also, like, are those people going to buy a PS5 at launch? Like, what does that, what does that look like? Yeah. I don't know. I don't either, bless. I don't either. Uh, I got a question here from Steve. Such kind of funny game says, Hey, Greg and blessing today's inside Xbox show was lackluster to say the least. And this was obviously written last week. Most major AAA third party developers were absent except for a very brief Assassin's Creed Valhalla trailer. Do you think this in any way indicates that many major third party developers are going to choose to align with Sony for the next gen reveals since Sony's absence at E3 last year, I've been hoping that they are going to, going to come come out uh, swinging hard this year with multiple first and third party reveals in a huge blowout event 
or maybe I need to lower my expectations. Curious to know your thoughts. Thanks uh, for keeping us entertained during these trying times, Steve. This is an interesting one because as as we were talking just now, right, and just as you pointed out that Ubisoft, uh, Ubisoft Forward happening July 12th, I remember when Jeff Keighley first revealed Summer Game Fest and was talking about the ideas behind it, and he 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 referenced game he re- he referenced E3 right being being um out of out of the the equation this year. With that, he kind of also referenced that like one of the purposes of Summer Game Fest being a, a whole four month endeavor is the fact that with COVID and with the pandemic, you then see a lot of game demos and game reveals like getting delayed because that stuff. Uh, kind of gets put on the back burner, right? When you're kind of when you have all these other things that you're working on with your game, yeah. And that stuff might not be ready for the first week of June. If the PlayStation event is indeed the first week of June, or be- even before that, I wonder what that then means for third parties if they plan like. Or I, I wonder if 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 they then see shifts in terms of third party re- reveals, like if if some get cut from that initial playstation reveal right like if maybe they did want to have a ubisoft game or a couple ubisoft games in there but that's gonna be in july because timelines got shifted i wonder what that looks like i think my gut on this one would say that one of the reasons we haven't seen a playstation event yet or hear heard tales of it right was the fact that it was going to happen or i'm I I bet it's been pushed from where it was. I think that if there was no pandemic and nothing had gone wrong and there was no COVID, my original, and I'm not even trying to say like I would have been right thing. I think there would have been this month uh, a conference of some kind, whether it's a press conference, a state of play or whatever that I'm getting away from. But what's important is I think that as we went into the new year and started, you know, this 2020 push to the PlayStation 5, Sony knew we're skipping E3 already. They announced we're skipping E3 already. And so they already would have been working on a digital presentation or maybe a uh, live in-person press conference with their partners they already had. You know what I mean? Like, I feel that if PlayStation was pushing to one giant event, as I think they are now and were then, I think you're already working with a handful of people who are on the hook to give you the content, the trailers, the gameplay demos, the walkthroughs, whatever it's going to be, that you'd expect to have at a PlayStation 5 reveal event. And so... I would imagine that as COVID happened and people started scrambling and working from home and figuring out new pipelines, the event itself pushed. And on top of, and that's because deadlines started moving up for, for a PlayStation as well. I'm sure of like, fuck, can we manufacture enough of these consoles? What are we going to do? Put last of us and Iron Man on hold, get, look on this, blah, blah, blah. Like they had a lot of things in the fire, but also because developers and trailer houses and everything had to come up with a new workflow. Like I, and this is where it's dangerous as hell. But for Steve's question, like, you know, he's hoping for they're going to come out swinging this year. Maybe he needs to lower his expectations. I would be blown. There's no, there, first off, if you're saying when, when they say, here's the PlayStation 5 event, it's this date, there's no way in hell to keep your expectations in check. Even in like, I think that's what Microsoft's learning too. And even PlayStation with the Mark Cerny talk, right? Of like, People are so ravenous for next-gen content and next-gen announcements that you can't say, hey, we're doing a third-party thing on Inside Xbox, and it's you know a bit smaller, but it's going to be like people are still expecting the biggest things in the world. And they're going to be pissed when they don't get it. And granted, then you have to go like, well, we fucking messaged it the best we could. You, you know, That's on you. But for the PlayStation 5 event, if there is just a PlayStation 5 event, they have to come out and bl- have a blowout event. They have to come out swinging. They have to have different announcements. And... It might be more like what we just talked about with Ubisoft, where all right, Ubisoft's got their full thing in July. So it might be a more 
traditional uh, thing we've seen in the past, right? Where Ubisoft's game, and this is, I'm just using them as an example. I know they're already, obviously, Valhalla's got a partnership with Xbox, apparently, and yada, yada, yada. So this probably doesn't apply. But I do think it applies of you get those first teasers, you get those first trailers, and then it's like Seymour at our event in July, in August. Seymour at, you know, WB weekend or whatever the hell they're going to call if they do that. Or Seymour at Summer Games Fest. You know what I mean? Like, Keeley's going to have more in a week. Like, I think we're already seeing all of a sudden the calendar really expand and get stretched out in a way that's unheard of, right? For Ubisoft to be, I, I remember when I was like, oh, I, I bet everybody keeps their same E3 dates and same E3 press conferences and Ubisoft's see in July, see in the middle yeah. of fucking July. Like, okay, like clearly it's not going to be the same kind of ball of wax, but for PlayStation 5 to have a big event, it's got to be the fucking hype. It's got to be the montage in the beginning that gives us chills into however the fuck they're going to start this and whoever the fuck's going to come out and talk. Because again, this is something, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was, well, I was going to say, in that case, do you think it can happen in June? Like, in, in early June, if that's what it's got to be? I think it can, and I think it's then, but then it is. But, it, like, you say if that's what it's got to be. I think it can happen in early June, and it can work, especially if it is, hey, it's just a cinematic trailer for the new Batman game from WB Montreal, and they're like, see more uh, in July at Jeff's thing. Mm, or do even that if to, that's don't the do that to me. Don't do that. Don't even throw that out there. <laughs> Here's the thing. <laughs> Barrett, don't. I have been, we've both been wrong a lot of times. All right. We've both hoped for too much. If you're gonna do like that's the kind of caliber of announcement you have to have at both PlayStation 5's event and Xbox's. Like when Xbox is like they, you know how they because they've said this, and I don't think it's been clarified, blessing. You've been more on the daily beat than I have recently with some events. Hmm. They talk about, you know, uh July is going to be for Xbox the first party game stuff. And then June, as they just said, Aaron Greenberg said in that statement, is going to be very different. So I'm, June is the one I'm assuming, yeah. right? That's going to be the here's the price, here's the box, and I think that's even yes. when they're really like, like June's. June's not even like an inside Xbox. It's that's yeah. what it seems like, right? Like he says, it's gonna yeah. be something different. It's gonna be something big. And so that's when I assume that you're going really big as Xbox, but as an Xbox brand, and then even showing stuff from the first parties, but saying we'll tell you more about that next month. Like again, it's just yeah. the teaser trailers. It's a little bit of gameplay. It's whatever, and I think that spirals out in every direction where it is. It's the first parties, it's the third parties, it's the indies. Everybody has longer time, has more time to talk about their beats and what they're doing. And so you don't need to shove it all in here and have people be as prepared as they would be for an E3. Because that's always the backbreaker for E3, especially when we talk about, you know, problems with crunch and stuff where game, and this is more older days, but I know it still happens. But like, you know, where game development would wholly stop so you can make that vertical slice of playable game so you could have something on the show floor or behind closed doors or on IGN stage or whatever to have people actually play and understand what this game is from a full package here yeah it's a brand new world of how do you make this work and how much time do you have and how much do you experiment with it and personally I thought uh video game industry slower to change would actually wrestle with it more than they appear to be in the fact that you know jeff's out here already championing you know hey here's this thing through august right he has a may june july august schedule up there the fact that you're seeing uh ubisoft be like july's fine xbox for better or worse saying we're going to give you multiple events which on paper sounds great because we all want more but then you look at that first event and people are disappointed with it right and it's like well fuck if they can't all be fucking bangers how do you adjust your excitement level for that? And where do you go? But again, back to Steve's question. If PlayStation is like, this is the PlayStation 5 event. It is, as Grub says, June 4th. Fucking let's go. 
That is like that is the hype right there, and that is the yeah. one of like in this again, the double edged sword of it. And I know I'm just rambling, but I God, I love this show. The double edged <laughs> sword of it, where Xbox does a bunch of little ones, and the first one doesn't go that well. And it's like, all right, what do we do? PlayStation gets one shot at it. Aaron yeah. Greenberg and Xbox actually get to benefit from it, right? They're like, okay, cool. We didn't message that right. For the next one in June, what are we going to say? For July, what are we going to say? How do we do this so we never get burned again? And like, I know it sounds simple or it sounds crazy because how many press conferences has PlayStation done? How many times have we all bitched about it on podcasts of what you want? But like, it still could be presented in a way that we don't like. And we sit there for two hours. And then at the end of it, you're like, what the fuck? What the fuck was that? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I we mean- waited for? That's what we were hyped for? That's kind of that kind of was the to like a lesser extent the Mark Cerny thing right where like we all kind of reacted reacted to that like oh okay that was you like you touted this as like the next gen reveal and like you get that and you're like all right and you see the audience react to it in a, in a, in a certain type of way right like you don't want that to happen at this actual event in June where it is like this bigger more like like the coming out party for the PS5 like that's the wrong place for people to have that kind of reaction and so yeah, yeah for, Xbox kind of has has that on their side as far as kind of having five shots to to get, to get it right um especially if this is this is like the event for sony this year to, so I, sorry. Oh, go ahead go for it i want to say i want to wrap it up i just want do you think sure. do you think this playstation strategy is the right call yeah I, I mean i think it's i think it's the right call if they nail it like if yeah yeah, yeah, if, yeah totally totally like because you look at them over the last couple of years, right? And they've been skipping E3. They've been for all intents and purposes keeping the cards close to their chest and being silent. And I remember you saying on a podcast forever ago, right? That like it seems like PlayStation might even be taking uh, taking a knee for this gen. And that's kind of that's kind of where I've been at, right? That's like that's how I've been viewing Sony over the last couple couple of years. Is it's them like really like taking a knee and saying like, hey, like we've done it, we've won, like we have our our slate laid out, like people know what we're doing, all the all these things, right? We don't necessarily have to come out and be as vocal for the rest of this gen because we don't need to like don't don't fix what's what's not broken right now and yeah. let's just have our, our remaining games come out let's have death stranding come out let's have ghost Shima come out let's have last is part two come out and then you know from there right like let's just focus on 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 next gen they've been silent for so long where to where now if they come out and they one if they fuck it up then that's i feel like that's like I feel like that that that's gonna be bad, right? Like that's that we don't you don't necessarily want that. But I feel like if they come out and they nail it and they are like, all right, cool, yeah. Here's the slate. Here's uh, here are the features you want to hear about. Here's I guess our version of smart delivery, whether you got it or not. But like here here here's why you want to buy a PlayStation Five this fall. If they come out and they nail that message, then yeah, I think everything they they did leading up to it is uh, is worth it. It has been good. The other, I and I agree with you, right? If you nail it and you come out and you crush it and you do what people want, awesome. The one pin in this grenade, though, that could easily blow up in their face is something that we continue to see. And I saw a lot of takes on it after uh, the Xbox third party uh, inside Xbox the other day was remember, there was this take of none of these games look next gen. And so there is that problem, too, of if the launch lineup is just cross gen stuff, obviously backwards compatibility, but things that are getting different editions and yada, yada, yada. But if it isn't super exciting, you run back into the same problem of and granted. Um, I, you know, I don't think the PlayStation 4's launch lineup was incredible and amazing, but it was bundled with things like you know being able to easily twitch and the improvements of the UI and all these different things. You do run the risk of when we do get to whatever the PlayStation 5 event is and getting on the other side of it and being like, all right, that was cool, but like, where was Spider-Man 2? Where was God of War 2? Where in like where was Horizon 2? And like the list goes on of things they didn't show, right? And it yeah. is that uh, it has been. I'll be I'll be. <laughs> 
conservative and be like, it's it's been seven months of insane hype for this thing, right? Of people going crazy since the first Wired article about it. And we get here and it is just like, hey, it's a really powerful machine that's going to do really cool shit. And like yeah. games are going to be great on it. And like, I don't think we've gotten a next gen game announcement yet where it's been like, oh, that's next gen, right? Like we got Halo Infinite, which I think like, if you're which a Halo fan, I think, of, right? Like that's, yeah, that's, like we've not even seen, we've not seen gameplay for really. Yeah. Like, you know, like Assassin's Creed Valhalla looks like an Assassin's Creed game. Like, I, I, I'm curious to see when we get there um, over the next month, I guess at this point, right? Like, how do you show off next, how do you show off next gen in a way where it hits home and in the way that it sells, right? Like, because right now, I don't, I don't think there's going to be any game during the PlayStation, like, I, I guess, like, the, the launch that is probably... I don't think there's going to be a game that looks as good as Last of Us Part 2, right? And Last of Us Part 2 is a PS4 game. I don't think there's going to be a game that right now, like, when I look at... There was a GIF that, that circulated around this last week of Ghost of Tsushima, and that game visually looks super pretty and, 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 and looks incredible, right? Like, yeah. are there going to be PS5 games at this next reveal that look dynamically like better than that like i don't necessarily think so and so i think i think a big part of it is like are they going to be able to message next gen in a way where we get it right in a way where it's where they're able to say like well this is more than looks right like we're we're and like i don't ray tracing is a big part of it are they gonna be able to show off ray tracing in a way that we understand why the ps4 couldn't do this right like outside of just having like a 4k uh uh beautiful tv and like good hardware where we can like visualize that right like are they going to be able to actually sell that uh, in a way that we get it and we understand it and we want that. Again, yeah, and you figure too how hard that is to see, right? Again, that was the part of the, uh, yeah. I saw the chat during Xbox that where people were like, oh, this doesn't look that great. This doesn't look next gen. And they're like, you're watching a 720, uh, 1280. You're watching this stream that, is trying to you know show you what these crazy ass games are going to yeah. look like, but you can't see that on a compressed stream. Like right right now, we look hella pixelated. <laughs> no, no, um, we look we look okay right now. This is ray tracing. Um, I mean, I don't know, man. Audio on one side here. I don't know, Barry sees it, but right now I'm looking at you, and you look like pixels. But <laughs> <laughs> well, like, does, like, how does that communicate, Barry? What, was, what are you gonna say? I was just gonna say, y'all look beautiful. It's the most beautiful I've ever seen you guys. Okay, well, Thanks, never mind then. It's probably my shit. No, I'm, um, I'm kidding. You guys are very pixelated. I was making a joke about you guys being pixelated, making you look pixelated. I mean, fair, very fair, but yeah, like how I don't, I'm like you during the the inside Xbox, right? Like we got quite a few game reveals that were very like like there were a lot of lights and like a lot of rays and a lot of like I wonder if that was meant I wonder if that was meant to like kind of portray like oh yeah this is what we're going for in terms of like the ray traced final product and the, that message just doesn't come through adequately because that's not something they can they can really market adequately. Well, then I, that's like, where I think it, that could that could come back to to bite PlayStation in the ass if they're not able to figure that out. Yeah, well, it's all such a weird conundrum, right? Because yes and no. The the thing about this one is, I think my first reaction of something to jump to to compare it to would be when PlayStation was pushing and Sony was pushing 3D, and so. I'd go to these events and I play the game demo and they're like, Oh, you want to try it in 3d? And they'd give me the glasses and I put it on and be like, Oh, there's more depth or whatever. And then you talk about it on a podcast, you write about it on a thing and it never really goes anywhere. And I thought 3d was dumb and it never happened. The thing about what we're talking about here is there's no way to get away from this where it is that even if they come out and talk about ray tracing. And again, this is your first messaging of a brand new seven to eight year console, right? Like, you come out and you say, hey, ray tracing is a big deal and yada, yada. And everybody watching at home is like, all right, it looks better, but I can't tell. 
when the first wave of consoles get into people's hands and they're putting it into their TVs and they're playing it and then they're on Twitter and they're on talking and friends are coming over to see it. And like that message spreads itself, I think in a way that like you could have a game that re- worked really well in 3d, but if you didn't have a 3d TV, you never turned it on. You never knew. And so the message doesn't go anywhere. Like you're yeah. going to find out about, you know, ray tracing and audio and spatial awareness and Mark Cerny want to look in your ear. Like, I mean, it kind of, it kind of is the same thing with 4k and HDR right now to where if you don't have devices that can run that yeah. then you're not really getting that out of trailers or, or gameplay footage. Um, but like 4K is the thing that is now becoming more and more ubiquitous just as a te- technology as we go that like that becomes less of a barrier. But 100%. ray tracing is a thing that is specifically, you know, a gaming thing, right? Like people aren't just going to have like the average like casual uh, video game player, right? Is probably not going to have like a clear idea off the bat of what ray tracing looks like, especially if you see that on, on the box as a marking point. Yeah. And so, Blessing. Craig. That was a good discussion. Only an hour. <laughs> uh, yeah, we could talk about PlayStation 5. We're just ranting and raving about what we want when, to see. When do you think we're going to do a, a PS Love You episode that's only an hour and a half? Oh, man. Never. You know what I mean? God that's like our great white, white, great white whale, right? That's the, yeah. that's the phrase. Okay. I didn't know if it was a whale or a shark. No, there, there are great white sharks. Jaws is one of them. Oh. Speaking really? of Jaws, let me jaw at you about our sponsor. This episode of PSI Love You XOXO is brought to you by Keeps. Two out of three guys will experience some form of male pattern baldness by the time they're 35. And the best way to prevent hair loss is to do something about it while you still have your hair. Uh, obviously, ladies and gentlemen, we know how busy you are. Thank you for listening to our podcast, doing our things. But of course, you're running around. You, you know, you're over there, you're over there, you're talking to your kid, you're talking to your wife, you're doing, your, do you have time to introduce, uh, the, calling the doctor's office, going to the doctor's office, dealing with this? No, you don't. And now you don't have to for this hair loss stuff. Uh, now, thanks to Keeps, you can visit a doctor online and get hair loss and medication delivered right to your home. They make it easy to deliver your medication every three months so you can say goodbye to pharmacy checkout lines and awkward doctor visits. And right now, you're already at your home and you probably should stay in that home. So just do this. It's way easier, right? Um, the, uh, of course this is, uh, keeps, they're doing a whole bunch of stuff. They say keeps, uh, treatments can take up to four to six months, uh, or more to see results. So it's important to act fast. The sooner you start using keeps, the more hair you'll have. Uh, find out why keeps has more, more five-star reviews than any of its competitors and nearly 100,000 men trust keeps to keep their hair loss prevention medication on track. Uh, keeps treatments start at just $10 per month. Uh, plus for a limited time, you can get your first month for free. Um, ladies and gentlemen, you've heard it here before. Andy, Nick, they've struggled with hair loss. It's nothing to be ashamed of. Uh, if you are in this boat, you should work with keeps. Uh, if you're ready to take action and prevent more hair loss, go to keeps.com slash PS. I love you, uh, to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's key. Or I'm sorry, K E E P S dot com slash PS. I love you. Uh, again, keeps.com slash PS. I love you. Blessing. Craig, what you've been playing. I've been playing a lot of, you probably won't be able to guess it, Greg. I've been playing God a lot of this game. <laughs> this game, it's, it's a new game that recently came out over the last couple, couple of months. It's not been, been getting the press it deserves. Sure. It's a game made by a small team over in Japan. Sure, uh, sure, sure. A game called Persona 5 Royal. Oh, yeah, i never heard of it, buddy. Greg, I'm fucking... I'm, How I'm many hours do you have now? I'm about to hit 50. I'm like 49, okay. over 49 okay. hours. And that's like compared to i think last week i was about 20 hours in so i played like another i guess 20 wait no 50 i've played another like 30 hours since last week um and so 
it's I I it's like a, it's like the perfect game for right now, right? Like it is like the fact that I am home all the time, the fact that like I'm kind of confined <laughs> to this room, uh, <laughs> and like you know the fact that I kind of have nothing much to do other than really like game and consume media. Persona Five apparently is just the, just the perfect perfect game for that. To where <laughs> like yesterday I got up at like eight a.m. Sat down for my TV and booted up Persona Five because I was at the point where um, I had gotten like halfway through my run in Mementos, which is like the that's like the proce- procedurally generated dungeons that aren't like, the main grind, dungeons right. in the game. But yeah, it's where you go to like grind and do like side quests and stuff like that. And so like I I woke up yesterday morning. I started playing that just because I was like, all right, I just want to get to the end of this Mementos run just so I don't forget what I was doing when I come back to this. I somehow ended up playing all day, all day. Um, I'm so proud of it's you. Just, it's just so good. And the more I play it, and this is my second run through Persona 5, as people listening know, right? Like, I played the original Persona 5 in 2017. And I'm during my original run, like, I loved the game, but I didn't I didn't love, love the game. It was one of those things where I, I and I, I've mentioned this before, but, like, I compared it a lot to Persona 4 Golden while playing it. And, like, Persona 4 Golden, one of my favorite games ever, right? Like, that game, I, that game holds a special place in my heart. And then also, like, you know, there are certain mechanics in terms of like the the way the dungeons were designed, and and stuff that like didn't necessarily like blow me away, right? I wasn't necessarily in love with. And this time around, during my I guess second playthrough of Persona Five, I, my first playthrough of Persona Five Royal, I, I I think I've gotten to a place where like I'm in love love with Persona Five now. Like I I get it now. Like it's 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 hitting home. Um, a lot of it is like you know getting to to re-experience the story and get reintroduced to these characters and kind of having like a better grasp of of what's going on um especially because there's like things that happen late in the story that like kind of shine some light back into what's happening uh, or what happened earlier in the story right like being able to kind of re-experience the story through that lens has been you know helping so much and then yeah like i think i'm at a place now to where i'm now knowing what to expect right like i have i i guess i have more freedom to kind of like look around the game and kind of see like, sure you know what you I, should be doing what you shouldn't be like you you don't have that thing of am i wasting time am i am, yeah. should i be more effectively i don't have that but then also like i'm paying attention to details that i wasn't paying attention to my first playthrough okay. right to where now i'm seeing like even like stuff as simple as like the dialogue boxes right like i'm i'm looking at the animations of the characters and i'm like man that animation is really good like they really nailed the like their illustration of these characters right like th- like there's so much detail here especially coming off of playing um the visual novel that I played a couple weeks ago for 104 games ranked, uh, Blind Men. Yeah, Blind Men. Yeah, Blind Men. Like coming off of playing Blind Men, I remember one of my complaints was like, "Yeah, I wish there was more animation in terms of like when the characters talk and like their expressions and stuff." And playing Persona, I'm like, "Wow, they really put a lot of work into this game in a way that I think I didn't re- just I just didn't appreciate the first time through. That now this time through, I'm like, this is great. And then also, I'm like very I'm very much impressed by this is the thing that I was impressed by before, but I'm even more impressed now of like. They do such a good drip feed of new new mechanics and like you know stuff to teach you teach you the game as you're playing the game. They like layer mechanics on over and over again as as you keep going, and like the way they feed in now the new mechanics that are in Persona Five Royal feels so natural, but also feels so uh, it enhances so much you know what you're doing in Persona Five that it almost feels like it's it's central to the game, um, and so. I'm having a blast with it. I'm I'm loving it. Once again, 50 hours in. I just started Futaba's Palace. You're um, so into it. You refused to come play Predator Hunting Grounds with me and Nick the other night. If, if we you, had like, planned, 
You couldn't come. You just you couldn't do it. I'm proud if of you. If you pestered me for like five five more minutes, I probably would have I probably would have switched over because I'd found a save point and I was like, oh okay, I guess I could save and, and, and join them. But then you guys found a fifth and I was like, well, sweet, I can play more Persona. Proud also, I was tired. Put sleep in. Understandable. But, uh, uh, if you want more yeah. Persona Five, of course, uh, Barrett just popped up on a spoiler cast. Where can people get that, Barrett? Uh, you can go to the Irrational Passions Presents uh, podcast feed. Um, or you go to irrationalpassions.com and get that. Uh, me, Alex O'Neill, and Nabashin uh, spent two and a half hours breaking down our entire thoughts of the game as a whole, the uh, story and stuff. The first like 40 minutes are non-spoiler territory, so if, if you want to get like a detailed kind of breakdown of our, our full thoughts, uh, you can listen to that. And then like the next two hours after that is just us gushing about uh, the additions to this game uh, story-wise. So yeah, check that out. The crazy thing is, I'm not even like there yet, right? To where there's like you're, dynamic you're <laughs> story like, stuff. You're like a little over the a third of the way through the entire game. Yeah, Jesus. which is the fucked up thing. I know. <laughs> I'm 50 but, hours in. But but here's the cool thing, and this is like my my only thing is like when I reported to you guys uh, originally about the game when the embargo lifted, like I was also kind of met on it in the first like 20 hours because I hadn't felt like the the kind of the full experience of what the new gameplay additions uh, had to offer. And then it was like yeah. in that third palace where I was like, Oh, okay. Yes. Like yes. there is that- so much going on and so much building up. And like, I get it. And combat, which was already great in the original is so much better this time around. There are like so many things and uh, it all builds up into the last third of the game. And uh, I-, I said this on irrational passions podcast, um, it's one of those things where I was trying to rush through the the base game to get to the new content, and the first day of the new content in game, I was like, I don't think I'm ready for this emotionally. And uh, yeah, it's it's a fantastic game. So I'm, good. I'm, I'm excited and, for you to get to the new stuff plus. And like you, you mentioned combat, right? Like how you by by the time you got to the third palace, that's when things started to be like really like you know shine on you as far as what they've added and, and how good it is right like yep. i thought combat was overrated in the first game i like I, I liked it fine but like i had so many issues and complaints with the combat in the first game mm-hmm. like i felt like you get to points where where enemies can take you down in one hit and I, that, that got frustrating because that would then lead you to losing two hours of, of progress i'm speaking anecdotally from a personal experience mm-hmm. um, yeah you just weren't properly I, leveled then <laughs> <laughs> no, I was leveled. It was just mm. one of those things where, like, well, maybe I wasn't properly leveled. I don't know. I either way, I just felt I was just frustrated with combat in the first gotcha, game. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, this time around, though, like, I am with you. Like, you know, like the the additions they made as far as like, and I don't want to get too much into details because I feel like some of that stuff can be spoilers. Because I feel yeah, like the spoiler cast they can go to yeah, irrational yeah. passions, irrationalpassions.com. But as you come across like new features and new mechanics and new stuff that they've added to combat, like, I've I've been way more invested and way more all about it. And so, once again, Persona 5 Roll, been loving it. I promise I won't talk about it uh, uh, for like a billion yeah, hours on the podcast. See, just like when you said you wanted to stop talking about GTA Online, you kept talking about GTA Online. Not only that. Hey, you know what? You know what, Greg? Persona 5 Royal is a PlayStation exclusive, at least for now. Who knows about the future? Right so at, le- at least he's talking about PlayStation games, you know? with you i'm right there with you uh like i said i've been playing uh predator hunting ground still of course uh our sponsorship's over but we were sponsored by them if you think that i was just doing it for money uh god damn i love that game and yeah i it, it's it's i'm so happy that I, I know i've talked about it before that we that nick loves it because that's just so crazy to be playing a game with nick but it's also awesome that we have enough people on our friends list that are playing it that it's like just what we're talking about where i hit you up and i'm like hey do you want to go and while 
you're de- out debating and I'm leaning on you, I'm able to get Fran and Richie and Tam from GameSpot. Like I'm able to yeah. assemble an actual crew. They're like, oh yeah, let's, let's fucking run this for you know an hour or whatever, run through and do it. Uh, trophy wise or whatever, I'm in the mid 80s right now for my level. So I'm like a level mid 80s. I don't know, 85 we'll say for the argument. Oh, because the hundred is the trophy, right? Hundred is the trophy for that. And then I'm starting to knock out like the uh, like longer ones where uh what on yeah two nights ago right yeah i hit out the uh pruning one which is as a fire team member shoot down 100 uh tree cover branches so like i'm starting to knock stuff out like you know when predators up in the trees you can shoot the tree branches and they'll fall down and it tracks all that and you get stuff for that i did not know that yeah well you gotta start working the trophy um so i gotta imagine that i'm getting closer to like the uh what is it? there's one up here for headshots as as a thing i gotta i, I like i feel like it's always hard because we're still in the eye of the storm here for Predator Hunting Grounds where it's still new. Everybody's playing it. If we can keep playing it, I don't feel like it's a game I'm going to be like, ah, oh, I got a platinum this this weekend and like go blurry eyed doing or whatever. But I feel like I'd chip away it as I go. There are a few things I'll have to start playing a different way to make it happen. But do you, do you feel like do you feel like you can make good progress on that Predator one where you play as Predator and you have to get the 100 uh, long kills? You know yeah, well, you figure like when you I got what like uh I, I I would say the last let's play we put up and last the last stream we did just in that like what I probably got like the long kills like because basically when you're predator and you knock people down you have to claim their skulls you can either do a quick claim or you can do a very like heroic one that takes longer and leaves you open to attacks yeah so usually you want to knock everybody down and get it I mean even on the that one and then you know, I would say if I'm since we're playing friends and not psychopaths like Snowbike Mike who's incredible at the game and like not fun to play because he's MLG about it. Um, when I'm playing our friends though, and I'm able to win, like I that that last let's play we did, I want to say I knocked out something like eight skulls there, the long kill way. So okay. it's like if you're doing it in random open world, like you're trying to play the world, I think it'd be a huge bitch. But when you're playing your friends and like you're, we're still at that point too where I don't think anybody's in the core group that's playing all the time better than somebody else. Like you know, what I mean, you like sometimes I'll go out as predator and I will lose right away. Sometimes I'll actually beat everybody. Like there's enough variety there and we're all on that same level where it's fun to play each other and you don't know what's going to happen and even when it is nick doing it again and again or me doing it again and again or whatever like you're getting different results on different things because everybody is getting better together which i really really appreciate um when, other do, thing you, I did, when do you think when when do you think a triple a like a triple a AAA studio will give another shot at that because like we got evolve that was like the the kicker or the the kickoff of like that 4v1 kind of place out the beginning of the generation and I feel like since then, the reins have been kind of taken by like more like the double A, like Aerial Phonics, and they've been yeah. kind of owning that space. Yeah. I playing Predator Hunting Grounds has made me realize that like I really enjoy this type of game. Yeah. But like, I, I, and I'm curious to see like, do you think with next gen we get a bigger, a bigger studio trying to tackle that again? Or do you think that that grounds be given up at this point? I don't think there's a margin for it. Like, I, and I think that's why it's interesting to see Sony uh, partner with uh, Ilphonic in uh, what 20th Century Fox, Disney, whatever the hell it is for Predator, because it is this argument of like, it's a smaller investment with a smaller team and a smaller budget, I'm sure. But can they make that into something? And I think even when we play this one, right, it's three maps or whatever. I hope they patch in more eventually. Uh, it's all these different reasons to keep coming back and playing it. But like, to give a first party that title. Cause I mean, it's the same thing of there's so many times like at night I will sit down and I do want to play something and it'll be that. Do I want to play predator? And then it is that idea of like, well, I'm gonna have to text Nick and then I'll have to text him. Nobody else is online. So do I open up to fan? And then it's like, all right, so it's going to be 20 minutes before I even get into a match. Cause I have to assemble a team. You're like, nah, I don't want to do it. And I bounce off. And I'm sure that if they don't add new content to it or keep it, or if Nick drops off or whatever, a million ifs on that, then I don't play it. And then what would, even if you're dropping content in it that you should be paying for, 
are they making money? And so then you think if you put a AAA budget behind that and a giant publisher behind that, that was actually investing a lot of time and money into that, you get into how complicated it is to have a, a game as a service, let alone one that requires a team, right? That goes on and like, you know, Fortnite, there's so many different modes to play so that if you are alone or so, if you want to go solo, you want to go duos, you want to go with a full team. Like there's only so much bandwidth any of these games as a service, multiplayer games can take up. And so even right now, you know, as I keep trying to play Predator as much as I can with everybody, it's part of it's because I know at some point everybody's going to move on. You know, this p- pandemic's going to end and Nick's going to want to go do jujitsu and talk to people in comedy. You know, I won't be able to wrestle you away from whatever JRPG you're playing all of a sudden. <laughs> and it'll be like that thing of like, all right, cool. Now I, now I can only play with randoms. And I guess I'm in a different spot because I could tweet and get uh, best friends to play with. But it's a ball of wax. And I just don't think, I think Evolve honestly scared a lot of people. Where Evolve was mm-hmm. like, hey, man, here's some asymmetrical gameplay. We put in all these mechanics. We've put in all this strategy. We've done all these different things. And it came out and people were like, yeah, this is all great. But like, what if I just want to fuck around, right? And I think that's why Friday the 13th works. I think that's why Predator works. I think that's why asymmetrical games like Dead by Daylight work, where it's like, if you want to get into the nitty gritty and have a plan and have a team and have you know, perfect call outs, great. If you want to just go fuck around, you can go fuck around and be done with it. Whereas Evolve, I never felt was a game you could just jump in and fuck around with. You needed like, all right, cool. I'm running healer class. You need to tether the monster. You put down the dome. And if you weren't doing it on that level, the monster would just fuck you up. That makes sense. Uh, another thing I put in was Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Uh, after watching Valhalla, got the the bug back for more uh, Assassin's Creed. I downloaded Origins, which of course, one I never uh, put that many hours into. Uh, I also downloaded Odyssey because I was like, I don't remember where I left off in the DLCs because I beat it and loved it and all that stuff. It turned out I was just at I was at the, like one mission away from compete, completing Legacy of the Blade. So I did that, had a great fight fell back in love with the combat and ended it. And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> and then I was like, started the Atlantis thing, but put it down and walked away and didn't come back. So I think next time I turn it on and I'm in the mood for it, I'm going to start up origins and give that a real shot. Cause I remember for game of the year, whatever year that came out would have been what Barrett 2017. Yeah. Then check out. Yeah. I never gave it a full, full go. Like I gave it, you know, a couple hours and it did, just didn't click for me and I walked away. Just get, and I that, see a lot of- get through that first like chapter or whatever it is. And then it really yeah, I think that's what I- do i think i might have just gotten to that part and i was like all right i'm out of here and i didn't yeah. so i need to go back real shot as much as much as i love odyssey and how excited i am for valhalla um and then again another quick taste of what i did though uh obviously we are big playstation vr fans here on uh ps i love you xoxo and i'm a big walking dead fan so the shadow drop of the walking dead saints and sinners on friday right was a pleasant yeah. surprise and uh Got that downloaded, got it, uh, got the VR all set up, popped it back in and played literally through the opening tutorial. It did the whole tutorial and then got into the open world of Louisiana. And it was, have you pl- turned it on yet, Bless? I, oh, I, I played the tutorial, yeah. I did. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was not feeling the tutorial because everybody's talked about how great Saints and Sinners is. And I was like, yeah. I don't know. It's just like a Walking Dead, uh, wander around RPG. Like you pull off your backpack and you have all your slots in there. You have a flashlight here. You have your notebook with your notes here. You have a gun on your right hip. I'm sorry. And then on your left hip, you have your uh, knife and maybe vice versa on that. Oh, yeah, big whatever heavy it's so like when i was in the thing and it's like use the axe on the dummies i started and i was like this doesn't feel satisfying okay. I, don't know. I had i see i had that exact same reaction i didn't know if it was just like a like i'm just not in the mood for this kind of thing because yeah, yeah i like I went where i was like i don't know if i'm in the mood now for because everybody's like oh it's a, you know it's yeah. an actual game and i'm like i don't know if i want multiple hours see, of swinging the axe that's like that. that's my thing too like i see because at a certain point during the tutorial you reach into your bag and you pull out like your notes and you can like yeah. I, and then in those notes it's like quests and different things and i was like yeah. 
this seems like a big investment. Yeah, <laughs> they're not willing to like have. Yeah, like the subreddit was telling us all to play it, and so like, yeah, it's got this, it's got that, and it's actually got quests. And it's like I don't know. Got out of it, got through the opening, got or got into the opening of the graveyard in where it was the first time you take down walkers or whatever, and I had a screwdriver and. I this is the first time in a long time I remember this happening where the game tip screen popped up during a load and was and was actually useful information where it's like mm-hmm. it's not about how hard you're bringing the thing down we're looking for range of yeah. motion and I was like oh okay so I crept up on a walker came up behind it grabbed it by the shoulder and stabbed it in the head with a screwdriver and I was immediately like oh fuck that felt good like yeah. it, it was like one of those things that I did not like it with the dummies that I was doing the test runs on but in the world like I you know I took that guy down opened a door another came at me I lost him came back got him and I was like fuck I can totally see myself playing this for a lot longer but it was a quick like I only had you know 10 minutes or 15 minutes or whatever so I did that and then as we'll talk about here in a second uh well I can run into it I guess I I did that and I was like great had to stop playing VR, came back, and I was like, I don't feel like putting on VR. I'll do more of John Wick Hex, uh, my uh, 104 PSN games ranked. Remember each and every week here on PS I Love You XOXO. Blessing and I read the PlayStation blog, randomly pick, not randomly, pick what sounds interesting to us, uh, one of the games from the thing, from the drop over on the blog, and then that becomes part of an ever-expanding list of what will be 104 PSN games ranked. Uh, I picked John Wick Hex last week. Of course, it's from our friend Mike Biffle, but also, of course, even though I played it at E3 and thought it was cool on a PC, it's a strategy game that isn't really what you would normally be my jam and wouldn't be like something I would be compelled to play right away. So I assigned it to myself as homework. Went in to play that, finished the level I'd been working on, popped a trophy bus, and then that put me 14 trophies away from trophy 10,000. Which if you also remember from last week, I wanted to do something special for my 10,000th trophy. And there was a lot of talk. I want to thank everybody who tweeted me. So many of you reached out after PSI Love You XOXO last weekend or last week and told me what you thought I should do. A lot of people screaming for Metal Gear Solid 5 Platinum. And I was like, I don't have that much time. (laughs) Like most of the work's done. It's just now it's S ranking every mission and shit, right? The hard stuff's not even the hard stuff, I guess. Some of the really crazy hard stuff's done. Uh, So I went through, went through, and finally, blessing, it dawned on me, and I opened it up. And it turns out, this is obviously timed out now. I popped the trophy there, got to 14 away from 10,000. I have 14 trophies left, including the platinum in Island Time VR. And if you don't remember Island Time VR, it's the voice where I, it's the game where I voiced the crab. And I was like, I never platinum that game. It's, you know, like an hour, according to like, you know, uh, PSN profiles is like an hour plus maybe two hours of work. And I've already got some of them in there. And I was like, if I can platinum my quote unquote, my game, the game that I star in is Carl the Crab. That's a pretty cool thing to do. So kind of painted myself into a corner there, bless. <laughs> Where last night I was like, I'll play some John Wick Hex. Played John Wick, popped the trophy. And I looked at him like, all right, fuck, got to stop until I uh, platinum Island Time VR. So it's like now I've got like a moratorium. I'm like uh, tonight after when I'm done with the next show uh, tonight, I'm going to get in there and actually get that 10,000th trophy or whatever. Nice. Very exciting. Uh, but for, uh, well, yeah, actually I've talked for a long time. T- tell me about some of your games and we'll get back to my uh, review or ranking or whatever. Uh, I got the Oculus Quest. Uh, yeah. Right? yeah. Which I know this isn't a PlayStation thing, but... It's been interesting jumping into Oculus Quest, especially having PSVR be my been my only other VR experience outside yeah. of like Google Cardboard and stuff like that. Uh, and it's been an interesting kind of like, like it's been an interesting experience, you know, because like it one I got my I got I got my Oculus Quest right, and if you're unfamiliar, right, the Oculus Quest is the Oculus headset that doesn't have any cables, right? Everything's built into the headset. Um, and it's surprisingly powerful. Like I was I was shocked by like how well it was running certain games. Um, but I put it on, start up everything, and I just like scroll through the library on the Oculus Quest. And I think my first observation was that like 
man, I'm really impressed by the PlayStation library for for PSVR. Like sure. like the Oculus Quest was like the, the the library on the Oculus Quest is fine, but you know like not having like Astrobot and like uh, Tetris Effect and like some other like bit like um, what's the one that came out? Oh, Blood and Truth and yeah. I don't think Trover was on there either. Like there mm-hmm. there are quite a few games where I was like, oh shoot, like this library seems and of course it's a quest which doesn't have the same library as like the regular oculus rift of course yeah it's got less power so it can't have everything that oculus would have or i'm sorry yeah but even even seeing what was on there i was still like wow like playstation really put in the work to really have like good games on the in in their library and so that was like my the like my first observation and after that after i started jumping in into different games right like i jumped into echo echo arena which actually i'm not sure if that's on playstation or not um Echo arena never made it to playstation that wasn't that was an oculus uh they, first off that's ready at dawn now who has that deal with them yeah um, that was a uh, oculus rift and so it's a bit it's just a big deal that they made a version for quest now gotcha yeah i i jumped in that started playing that and i, ju- I jumped into thumper which is on psvr yeah. um thumper very cool thumper is like it's a rhythm game where it's like it's it's an on rails thing to where you are you're playing as like this beetle like creature and you're basically yeah. like on a rail uh uh playing to the beat right like it's basically like a think of like a guitar hero but more i guess surreal and extreme and it, you're not playing an instrument you're just like right yeah yeah like similar to yeah something like amplitude start playing that thought that was really cool and by the end of my time yesterday because i only started really playing with it yesterday by the end of my time with it i i, I kind of came down on the thought that like i'm really curious on what playstation needs to do to make their next vr vr device like worth like worth it because yeah. not having wa- not having cables and not, not having wires and all that stuff um really changed that changed my experience like it made me want to just play on oculus quest right and i'm still going to play on my psvr all the time because there's games that are going to be exclusive exclusive there um and like i don't necessarily have all the space in my room and so being able to know that like i don't necessarily want to be playing games where i'm moving around all all, uh, all too much where i'm like walking sure. around um and so psvr is kind of good for that but you know aside from that right like playing oculus quest and, and seeing how powerful it is but then also like how free it is and like being able to kind of like limit my space and and draw the the boundaries around me so so that the, the game will notify me if i'm moving too close to a wall or anything like that experience felt so seamless and, and, and so cool in a way where it kind of made me think that like i wonder if playstation can pull off something without cables or wires and that's the big thing about it, yeah, when we talk about PlayStation yeah. VR and the future of PlayStation VR is I think, yeah, you're spot on. I agree with everything you're saying, right? Where you look through the Quest library and it's that thing of, uh, until we got Supernatural, I wasn't turning on the Quest with regularity, right? Like I jump in, play some Beat Saber or Vader Immortal or whatever. But now that there's that Supernatural uh, workout uh, VR app or whatever that I've been doing, I'm on there, you know, every other day or whatever it is. Yeah. I digress. It's the thing of putting on the Quest or turning on the Quest or being like, oh, I'm going to play some quest games i don't immediately go all right what the fuck do i have you know what i mean like i push the kitchen table to the side and i i mm-hmm. step into the boundary zone i it remembers that i already created and i can just play whereas with playstation yeah. vr now granted again i live in a san francisco apartment like this is different for everybody playstation vr is like all right cool i want to play uh i, uh, I want to play walking dead saints and sinners 
all right, cool. And like from this weekend going from zero to getting it up and running, right? Of like, all right, cool. Disconnect this. All right, get the HDMI, get it out of my TV. Well, you know, I have a PlayStation 4 Pro, but I don't have the new PlayStation VR, so I don't have the pass through. So I don't leave it hooked up all the time. So dig that out, put it into the box, put it there, do this, move the coffee table, sit down. The controllers are charged. Yeah, they're not connecting. Oh, wait, hold on. This is, you know, it's just like all these little yeah. steps that with Quest, it's literally like power right on. Are the batteries in my thing good? All right, I'm good to go and I'm off and running. And granted, it's similar to PC gaming and all the shit I talked there, right? If I lived in a, a place that I had a game room and I had a, my PlayStation VR just set up and sitting there, it obviously would be as easy as putting it on, being in the PlayStation Eye and going. But the way I use my house in the pass-through box and everything else is a pain. I mean, I'm exactly with you. Like, that that was a big barrier for me with, with Walking Dead Saints and Sinners where I was like, all right, cool. I got to make sure, like, everything's passed through correctly on my VR box for my PlayStation. The My PS4... Like I'm pretty sure all PS4s only has like two USB outputs uh, or inputs uh, in the front in, in, in the front of the box, right? And like usually one of those for me is my external hard drive, and then the other one uh, will switch out depending on if I want to do VR or if I want to charge my controller while playing. Yeah, and so like I have a limited amount of like choice, like uh, choices there, right? Um, yeah. And then yeah, like I had to bust out the move controllers, have to do a bunch of different things, and it's such I guess it's it's such a hassle in a way where. You know, now that I have my Oculus Quest, like literally, I put it on, press on, and I'm I'm good to go, and that's kind of changed my whole experience. And so, I, I, I know there's like doubts with I, I know for us with whether PSVR two is going to happen or not. Um, I would I would love for PSVR two to happen, mm-hmm. and if it does, I really hope they find ways to streamline streamline these things because because like now that I'm actually now that I have Oculus Quest to compare it to, like I feel like there's there is a way to go. Like there's a long ways to go uh, in order to like make that experience feel seamless in a way that like, it's just good for, for playing in the living room or good for playing in my bedroom. Sure. And so, yeah, I've been doing that. Um, and also I did also try out supernatural, which I might end up moving my bed. <laughs> I might end up like figuring out a way to create more space in my room because. Yeah. Like, in whole, it, room, be tough. yeah like I, I, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, but also like, it was one of those things where I kept getting close, close to the boundaries, and I was just like, "Okay, I know I'm probably not going to hit my TV, but I might hit my TV." Yeah, exactly. So I got to figure that out. Um, but yeah, I've also been playing Void Bastards, which was my uh, my PlayStation 104 games ranked game. And do you want me to start with Void Bastards, or do you want to do you want to talk about John Wick? Go for it. So, uh, Void Bastards, of course, is a first person shooter roguelike game. I believe it's by the people who did FTL. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, um, basically it's like any other roguelike game, right? Where you're jumping in, you're doing it's it's run based. You're in Voidbaster specifically. You start off as like in a, a um, I guess an explorer, like a spaceship, a space explorer. You start off at the beginning of like this. Uh, let's just call it a board, right? Like you start off at the beginning of of uh, you start off at the first space space vessel, and you're making your way from space vessel to space vessel trying to get uh trying to move forward essentially it looks like the developer blue manchu their last game was card hunter not the one you said not ftl i'm gonna look this up because i thought let's see void bastards because i thought it was the same people but i might be incorrect ftl developer was subset games Oh yeah, so I guess yeah, they just did uh, Card Hunter. I don't know why I had those those things crossed, but I guess Void Bastards is somewhat like of a similar style, which I think probably had like that's why I kind of mix those up. Um, but yeah, you're you're making your way through these different space vessels uh, that are like 
ran, randomized and you're trying to uh, loot in each of them in order to continue your, your journey, right? Uh, overall, like, it was it was all right. Like mm-hmm. the game was the game was hyped up to me by quite a few people. Like I know I know quite a few people that absolutely love Void Bastards, and I could kind of see why. Like it seems like the actual overarching like gameplay loop can get very addicting, just like any roguelite, right? Like for me, I'm coming in, I'm coming into this game as somebody who really enjoyed games like Dead Cells and Rogue Legacy, and I really like how those games have that gameplay loop where you go in, you do a run, you die, but you come back more stronger because yeah. you're yeah, yeah. unlocking the upgrades and different things, right? Void Bastards has a similar sort of thing going on with it. Um, you are, you are uh, basically whenever you die, you come back as like a new uh, space explorer, right? And you have like your unique traits. And so the first guy I had was a smoker. And so like every now and then I'd cough and that would like alert enemies, which I thought was like a pretty, you know, cool, fun thing. Uh, my second one that I got was uh, his thing was that he was just really short. And so like, by the camera would be a lot closer to the ground uh when i when i would explore the, the spaceships which is fun um the cool art style right like it's like a very like cartoony 80s cartoon sort of sort of style to it cell shaded um like overall like my time with it was, was fine i don't like i I think my big thing was i didn't necessarily love how the first person shooting actually controlled right it's mm. not aimed down sights you are unlocking new weapons as you go. And like the first couple of weapons I got were like pistols and they never really felt great to shoot. Like that said, this game doesn't seem to like put that at the forefront. Like it doesn't necessarily, it doesn't seem like it's necessarily trying to be a first person shooter. Like it's trying to be more of like a systems based, like, you know, go in and explore kind of game and, and, and have your time with it. That said, since there is combat in it, like having to engage with the combat never really felt that uh, um, great to me. Like I never really look, look forward to that. Um, and then like, like, you know, they really went for it with the cartoony style, but it, that its style didn't necessarily sit well with me. Like in a lot of places, it was also like off-putting as much as, as much as it is stylistic, like a lot of the enemy design had me go like, oh, like, I don't necessarily like how that looks, Yeah, which it's, it's hard to really weigh that because I, that's what it's kind of trying to do. And so like. You know, I can't necessarily fault it for having enemies that look very off-putting, but at the same time, that didn't necessarily sit well with me as I was playing. I didn't necessarily uh, enjoy that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Overall, like, I I, di- I didn't dislike it by any means, but I like I don't necessarily feel compelled to go back to it. Yeah, I was gonna say this is something clicked with you. Well, last time when we talked about it, we both talked about how we started it on Game Pass, right, and kind of just bounced early. It seemed yeah. like with a fresh set eyes didn't help for anything yeah no i was that was my thing i was hoping to come back to it and like really get kind of get into it because i know I, I do like these types of games right like i like first person shooters i like roguelites i like i like i like games that are run based right i like these randomized kind of experiences where you can just go in and kind of have your experience for, for it with the day and then yeah. pop back out and feel accomplished i just uh, there's something about like the world they they built here and, and kind of the vibe they're going for and the specific direction that just didn't sit well with me when I was playing. I didn't I didn't necessarily have the most fun with it. That said, I didn't necessarily hate it either. It kind of felt like very much. That's bad. always the worst when you're like, this game's fine, whatever. You're like, yeah, just keel on it. You don't love it. You don't hate it. I hate that. Yeah, exactly. 
Well, boss, you need to rank it, but before then, let me run you through the top 10. Remember, of course, you can go kind of funny.com slash 104 list. That's kind of funny.com slash 104 list. Keep up with 100 PS, 104 PSN games ranked. Again, we pick a different game every week. It can't be the same game, can't be AAA, and it shouldn't be something we're going to play anyway. Uh, right now, number one is Telling Lies. Number two, Streets of Rage 4. Number three, Undernight Inbirth EXE. Number four, Round Guard. Number five, Darwin Project. Number six, Hidden Through Time. Number seven, Kemiko. Number eight, Foxy Lane 2 number nine sneaky bus number 10 deliver us the moon uh, there are 34 entrants on the list so far where do you blessing eddie oye a junior want to put void bastards i'm thinking about putting it under under hero uh which would put it at number 15 above super destronaut land wars because i would say it's a better game than super destronaut land wars like super destronaut land, land wars was definitely a game where like i came out of it impressed because of like it's like a I think like a $5 game at most. Um, and that was one where like, it's a Rattalika game, right? Very, very, it was very simple, very much like a, Hey, like this is a game that probably was on mobile or something that were ported to console, but I still had, I, I had fun with it. Um, but I can't take away from how simple that game is. Sure. Um, uh, Void Bastards, I'd say I'd probably put above it in terms of it being a game. Uh, Under Hero though, I think, I I really like the personality of Underhero, and from what I played of it, I really it I I enjoyed the time I had with it, despite having some complaints with it. And so, I'm kind of saying number fifteen for Void Bastards. All right, number fifteen slotted in there, not in the top ten. You'll never hear about it unless you go to kindoffunny.com/slash one oh four list. Uh, for me, John Wick Hex. Um, again, like I said, one I think that. Uh, well, I guess actually, you know, for full disclosure, of course, uh, Mike Bithell made this game uh, way back in what, 2015? Mike Bithell did a Patreon sponsorship with us for volume back in the day in the old studio. So heads up on that. More importantly, I would say Mike Bithell is a friend. So he's somebody who we know, obviously, and love it kind of funny. He's been in a bunch of stuff with us. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, all the disclaimers in the world for you. Um, John Wick Hex, honestly, though, like I said, would have been a game I probably would have passed up, even though I know uh, Mike and I liked what I played at E3 because it is a how much do you know about it? Bless. Have you seen the videos for the strategy kind of game? Yeah, I saw the trailer for it. Right. Like it's like a strategy ish. Like you're you're like it's not John Wick in the sense that you would think like it's not like actiony right you're not like it's not a it's, shooter in by any means yeah, but it's it, is, not, it is you thinking strategically in terms of how to take out isn't the right answer for it but, or but it's the closest description if you can't see the videos for it right and so the mm-hmm. idea is that it's like turn-based and i would say even action-based where at the top of the screen is a timeline and it's t- it's your timeline as john wick and you put moves in there and you see how many seconds they would take and so obviously moving from point a to point b and like when you look at the gr- ground there's a grid on it and you can you choose you know move your cursor around to send john there it shows you how long that movement would take and then it executes right um but then as you execute a move if suddenly and it's all based on line of sight so if you move around a corner and see an enemy the game will pause mid move there's an enemy over there and you have to then choose if you want to engage the enemy if you want to keep moving if you want to do this then it, depending on how close you are to the enemy you know sometimes you can just shoot from afar or you can throw your gun if you move up on the enemy and hit them together then you can do a takedown you can do a parry you can punch you can attack that way and so it's this not turn-based it's action-based strategy as you move around figuring out how to do and then the timelines up there so it'll be the same thing that if you come around a corner and see the enemy there, you can choose to do a move, but that then underneath your timeline now is the enemy's timeline, and you'll see that they've they've chosen to shoot. And so it's one of those you can see that they'll be it'll show you that while you're in the middle of your move, they're gonna shoot. 
So obviously their accuracy is going to down, but they could hit you. And then the same thing of like when you run a corner and you're face to face with an enemy, you'll see that, okay, you want to shoot them, but they're going to punch you, which is a quicker move, obviously, because you don't have to grab a gun or do anything like that. So you can see that their move would get to you first. So rather than do shooting, why don't you do a parry? Because a parry will happen faster or uh, you know, you'll run in and you'll take out one, use a takedown on one guy and see the guy over there. And you, it'll tell you that you can't shoot fast enough, but you can throw your gun at him. And so it's about throwing your gun. It's like, so it's, hmm. it's cumbersome to explain. And I think it doesn't take a while to learn, but I remember doing the E3 demo for it on a PC, which obviously was already hurting me and not fully feeling any, by any stretch of the imagination that I was John Wick by the end of it. Right. And when I started playing on uh, opening day with it, I was having a great time and I went and looked up reviews and I was surprised to see the Metacritic on it for the PC version is 74. Uh, right now, PS4 version 78. That's as of uh, Monday, May 11th, 1.07 p.m. Because um, I thought that was way lower than what I would have thought. But reading through it, it is this idea that people have in there. It seems like of, again, John Wick, you think the crazy action of the movies, which I've never seen for full disclosure, but I've seen the trailers and I understand that. You should watch you know, them. They're good. That's one of the head whole thing yeah and i hear that all the time uh so going through and doing these small actions and chaining them all together because it's really about chaining i think your movements together and then you know you wander around a level and you look uh, looking for items or whatever and you feel like an idiot at the end you can hit the replay button and see it all play out like all as what would be a john wick scene or whatever and that makes it look better but for me it was about last night uh i would say uh, so uh, you know we usually give these games like tasters right I had done when I first sat down and played all the way through the first mission and then played into the second mission, which is really where like the training wheels kind of come off and they're like, all right, before this start of this mission, which is multiple, it's kind of like Mario world, right? Where there's multiple locations tied together in an overworld map. Uh, before you set off on this, you have your coins that you can spend on uh, different abilities for John. Uh, you can hide health packs in the world at these different places and like basically make the game tailor the experience more to yourself. And so, I did that, started playing, and got, I think it was two rooms, maybe one room from the end. No, two rooms from the end, and totally got stopped because it is not not chapter to chapter, but like world to world inside of that overworld map. You are like playing out one narrative. So if I had a gun with two bullets at the end and I was down to three health and I went into the next area, I started with two bullets in the chamber and three health. And so it became this thing of I kind of painted myself in a corner where I dropped the health kit earlier on that by the time I got to where I was, I had three health or four health and, you know, I needed to figure out how to get through this room full of enemies. And it was that thing of sitting here playing it and just running my head into the wall over and over and over again. You know what I mean? And then you know how it is. You're like, fuck, it's been like 30 minutes. Now I'm going to try to trick the system. So if I stand here, can I get everybody? No, fuck. And like it was that thing of being super frustrated with it and being like, I think I'm too dumb for this game, but still enjoying trying. And then the thing was I, when I put it down for the night and went to bed, I didn't have that. I got to get back to it. I got to get back to it. I got to get back to it, which I thought was going to hold it back in my rankings. But then last night when I sat down and played it and it was, you know, traditional video game, sat down and played the thing. I slammed myself into a wall about beat it on the first try. Like, yeah. right. And it was all of a sudden having this more freeing moment of realizing all right, since I'm dying and restarting all the time, this doesn't have to be perfect and it doesn't have to be the most direct route. So it was suddenly like freeing it up of, 
rather than try to be solid snake about this and sneaky, let's go in there and be more what I assume from the trailers John Wick is, where I took down the first guy, the other guy looked at me. He was too far away for me to take him down, and my shot wouldn't have got to him, so I threw the gun at him, then run at him, take him down, pick the gun back up, shoot that guy, or like suddenly get into this rhythm of just keep fucking moving and have, even though it's weird because, of course, the game can be as slow as you want, and I think I was playing it way more like a turn-based strategy game, having this rhythm and keep moving, keep moving forward, which I wasn't doing on my first few play sessions. And so I suddenly felt like I found another set of legs with it where I beat that level, moved on to chapter three and just had such a good time with it. I think the game's really pretty. It's very minimalistic. It's very black. It's very pink. It's very, you know, if the character looks like Keanu Reeves and John Wick, obviously, but it's not super detailed, right? Um, It's got this style to it. It's got a style in the music that I think uh, sets the cadence for what the levels is like. Uh, there's a great voice acting cast. Uh, Troy Baker is the main villain. It looks like in it early on as he keeps popping up in the cutscenes and stuff. Like I, it, it has its own pace that I didn't, I think get on my E3 demo and obviously at the end of my main play session, but coming back to it last night, I see it totally being something I want to chip away at and come back to more and more. And when it does work, it, it is so good. And even when it wasn't working, it was still, I wasn't, frustrated to the point of fuck this i'm putting it down deleting it right i was frustrated to the point of like fuck why can't i get that guy what do i need to do different and so to come back last night and you know use cover and run up to trigger them then run back and shoot the two guys but see that guy's gonna shoot on the timeline so if i move fast enough i can get behind this pillar right like suddenly what can be a very slow-paced game became very action and fast-paced for me and i fucking had a ball that's awesome so for me personally, right, like I, it's super high for me and we're back into this thing of how do you do it, right? And so I, I'm starting at the top where I think Telling Lies one of my games of the year last year. I don't think it's better than Telling Lies. Uh, that's your number one from last week that you added at number one. So then we're to Streets of Rage 4 and that's where it gets interesting where Streets of Rage 4, side-scrolling beat-em-up, another genre I'm not that one I would never describe as my genre, right? I enjoy him somewhat. And I know Imran Khan's still fucking playing this game. I see him on PSN with it. Um, I love Streets of Rage 4. I thought it was really quality, but I don't see myself really coming back to Streets of Rage 4. Whereas like John Wick, I want to play more of. So I'm putting it number two. Sounds good to me. Damn right it does. Wow. Some big uh, big things happened over the last couple of weeks. We are talking about it, right? Last week when we went through that list of how many great things were on there. Did you play that other, that mashup game? Did you get a chance to play Super Mashup? Oh, Super Mash. I played it, like, you sent me the code literally right after the we recorded the podcast. I think I played it that night, and immediately it was like, ooh, like, this is kind of rough. Whoa, but, like, whoa. it's it, that was a weird one, too, because, like, you, you start up the game, and there's like this kind of overworld kind of thing where it is like 3d care 3d models and you're walking around a store and stuff uh and like i think you're like talking to like a merchant it's like a game store and you then like go into i think you you like approach a machine like the super match machine which is basically like an nes that you can put two different games into you approach it and then you go into the menus and then that's where you get like your cartridges of like all right i want to play a platformer mixed with a jrpg and then you put that in and then it goes from well, it looks like a pretty decent like 3D model space. So then, like, very like like not great looking pixel um, <laughs> like, pixel art, and like you're playing these games that that that, that play terribly and also like look ugly. And it's like, <laughs> I, like I'll, like for a second, I was like, is this a mechanic? Like, am I supposed to like play until I get better games, or like are the games just bad themselves? That sucks. Um, but yeah, I was I was very excited for it, and then immediately like, oh man, this is not what I wanted it to be. 
Well, Blessing, are you ready to belly up to the bar? Look at the drop and pick next week's game? I'm ready. Or this week's game, I guess, but we'll talk about next week. Uh, it is an odd day, the 11th as we record, which means I get to pick first this time around. Uh, we are on the drop, of course, reading from Justin's uh, review of everything coming out. We will alternate as we go. I will begin. Emma, Lost in Memories, comes to PlayStation 4 and Vita. It lives. Uh, Emma, Lost in Memories, is a 2D puzzle platformer game in which all the platforms and walls start disappearing progressively as you touch them. Think, strategize, run, jump, and feel in a surreal in a surreal and poetic world where everything fades away. Fault Milestone 1 is coming to PS4 Digital. Uh, Fault is a series of science fantasy cinematic novels using a, a unique 3D camera system for a visually immersive reading experience. Follow Selphine, the bubbly princess, and her sharp-witted royal guardian, Ratona, on their journey of a lifetime back to their homeland of... Oh, boy. Ruhenzane? Rugen, Rugzenheide. Rugzenheide. <laughs> Rugzenheide. I think that's what that is. Hunt Down comes to PlayStation 4. In the mayhem-filled streets of the future where criminal gangs rule and cops fear to tread, only the bounty hunters can free the city from the corrupt fist of felony, lay waste to the criminal underworld, and make a killing in this hard-boiled action comedy arcade shooter. Ion Fury. Ion Fury laughs is, is coming to P, uh, PS4 Digital out May 14th, I should say. Uh, Ion Fury laughs at the idea of mandatory checkpoints and straight pass through shooting galleries. But just because this is a true old school first person shooter, it doesn't mean we've ignored all the good new stuff of the last two decades have brought. 3D Realms, Voidpoint, and 1C Entertainment have taken the best of both worlds and cooked it all into one bloody stew. Island Saver comes to PlayStation 4 on the 13th. A group of amazing islands need your help. Horrid plastic waste has washed up and you need to sort it out with your trusty trash trash blaster. But look out for the litter bugs. They love mess. They love mess and they're out to muck things up. You need to wash away gloop, collect litter, earn coins and rescue the bankamals. Pixel Ripped 1995 is coming to PSVR. Pixel Ripped is, a, is back with a brand new nostalgia-fueled virtual reality game within a game, this time in the year 1995. To restore balance to multiple dimensions, our video game hero Dot recruits the, the help of the best gamer from 1995, an, an unassuming nine-year-old boy named David. Join this unlikely duo through, challenge, through challenging throwbacks to all your favorite classics from the late 16-bit and early 32-bit era of games inside a virtual reality world. Pong Quest comes to PS4 digitally on May 15th. Pong Quest is a new take on the seminal arcade smash. Take control of a brave young paddle and traverse treacherous lands, each loosely based on various classic hits in this uniquely Pong-themed dungeon-crawling RPG. <laughs> Dress your paddle up, equip special balls and unique abilities uh, to battle aggressive foes in Quest or online opponents. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie. That sounds, that sounds great. That sounds awesome, honestly. Uh, Potata. Fairy Flower is coming to PS4 Digital. This adventure platformer tells the story of a young witch exploring fairy, fo fairy forests to find herself and save her, save her home. Join her quest now. Immerse yourself into a picture-perfect fantasy. Solve numerous puzzles, fight enemies, reveal all the secrets, and don't forget to save the world. Tactical Champs comes to PlayStation 4. Tactical Champs combines the best features of shooter and arcade game where up to four players fight with each other in a closed arena. Quick matches, a wide variety of weapons, and unlimited ways to eliminate the opponent are waiting for you. Thy Sword is coming to PS4 and PS Vita. It's also cross-buy. Thy Sword is a retro-inspired hack-and-slash roguelike with procedurally generated levels. 
Uh, pick from two different hero types like the Barbarian and Valkyrie to break the tyranny of the Dark over- Overlord. That's the drop, ladies and gentlemen. Interesting. And I gotta say, it's really turning me on. I, like, uh, Pong Quest obviously sounds super interesting. Yeah, Pong Quest piqued my interest for sure. You know what I mean? But an RPG version of Pong. Dungeon crawling RPG of it. I gotta try it. I'm doing Pong Quest. I like both those things. Dungeon crawling and ping pong. Yeah. Uh, man. So I think I saw a trailer of Hunt Down on the PlayStation Twitter account. I think they tweeted about it last week and it looked kind of cool, honestly. Um, Ion Fury is one. I remember hearing about Ion Fury. Because they were, they were sued by Iron Maiden. That's why I heard about them. You're right. Yeah. Um, I'm curious about it. But I don't, I don't know. Um, because that would be like a... Like, I remember that's a sequel to the last Pixel Rip one. And that one did really well. Or, oh, or Pixel you- Rip? The VR game? Yeah. Hmm. And then there was one other one that piqued my interest. Uh... Oh, Tactical Champs. I like the idea of, like, of it being like a shooter, like an arena-based shooter arcade game. Sure. Who doesn't? Hmm. All those things sound fun to me. Uh... I'm going to go... Actually, let me read Hunt Down one more time. In the mayhem-filled streets of the future where criminal gangs rule... And cops fear to tread. Only the bounty hunters can free this. I'm going to oh. go with Hunt Down. I like Hunt Down. Okay. I'm going Pong Quest. Bless is going Hunt Down. We will talk to you next week on PS I Love You XOXO about how they rank. But for now, Blessing, it's time for some reader mail. Uh, you introduced a couple weeks ago the segment Best Friends Talk Back where we ask them a question, and they write in with their answers. Uh, last week, of course, we talked about PlayStation Plus, and if, uh, in fact, May's lineup was disappointing, you said, what's a previous PlayStation Plus game that's worth checking out? In Blessing, we got a bunch right. of responses. Of course we did. People are always down to talk about what they want to talk about. So I'm looking through to see where I want to start with you. You know what I mean? Because there's a lot of good stuff here. Uh, here comes the obvious one. Jericho wrote in, of course, to patreon.com slash games, just like you can. It says Rocket League, because that's the one I played the most and seeing how it's still doing great. It's an amazing story. Uh, there are games that I think are better, but I own them before already. I think, and then uh, there was the other question of how, why do you use uh, uh, PlayStation Plus? Uh, Jericho said, I think with so many games in my library, I think it's just a way to show my appreciation for PlayStation. Also, auto backups of my saves, <laughs> which most people, I think, lean on the multiplayer or the free games, and I am definitely part of the saves being able to be uploaded. I need that. Uh, Rocket League, bless, you're a fan. I love Rocket League. Yeah. What yeah, a, what, you want to talk about a success story and how PlayStation Plus intrinsically tr- or intrinsically tied to it? Crazy. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I would say Rocket League is probably the PlayStation uh, PlayStation Plus success story. Like, right. like if Rocket League didn't come out on PlayStation Plus, I wonder if I, I'm sure they would have seen the, like the same amount of success, but it probably would have been slower on the uptick. Like, I, I imagine that like it would have taken a while for it to get the ball ball rolling. They would have found success, I guarantee that much. Yeah, but I don't because that game is. That game was solid out the get go. Like that game, okay. that 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 Rocket League is an in- incredible game. But yeah, it being on PS Plus really like got them uh, like a running start, like a very like a very much a running start on on that. Yeah, in a I way mean, where I don't I, I don't think the impact would have been the same. Yeah, hundred percent. It wouldn't have been the movement it was. Remember, you couldn't get away from yeah. Rocket League much. Uh, Kamza115 writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says, Hey, Dragon Bless, I just wanted to shout out my most played PS Plus game, Dead by Daylight. If someone used to play Friday the 13th a lot, I was deeply saddened when I found out the game would not receive any new content. But then along came a worthy successor, Dead by Daylight. 
I have spent countless hours screaming, yelling, and laughing as me and my friends run for our lives from the likes of Michael Myers and Freddy Krueger, trying our best to stay hidden long enough to repair the broken generators so we can escape. The game still gets updated regularly with new maps, original, and licensed characters in fun events to keep us coming back. Have either of you guys played Dead by Daylight? Greg, I know you were a huge Friday the 13th fan as well. Would you ever give Dead by Daylight a shot, or is your commitment to hunting predators too great to make room for another asymmetric multiplayer game? Thanks for everything the Kind of Funny crew does. Much love from Bonnie Scotland. Bless, I'm not sure for you. Did you ever play Dead by Daylight? Dude, I don't even know if I played Dead by <laughs> Dead by Daylight or not myself. I... I I think I might have played it once, but also it might have been Friday the 13th that I played, and so I couldn't tell you. But yeah, I know people love Dead by Daylight from what I've seen on the internet. Real quick, too, I want you to know, this is a side uh, about Friday the 13th and my love affair for it. I had a dream last night that they introduced the campers from Friday the 13th into Predator. And oh, was- my God about it i'll let you know i was That's very hilarious. excited to see them running around um uh cam yeah i've played dead by daylight never seriously i've always done it for like let's plays i want to say with like maybe achievement hunter funhouse uh maybe it was something we do with kind of funny i i've done those kind of tastes and it was always with the not licensed people whereas i was already a fan of friday the 13th so obviously i wanted to be jason i like predator obviously i want to do predator stuff uh i was always playing as just like the witch woman or this guy or whatever and it was i it was before they went full bore and had Mike Myers and Freddy Krueger in there. And I haven't gone back to it since something about it when I played it. And I played it at the same time I was playing Friday the 13th. Cause everybody was talking about it. It was, and I, this is totally an unfair off the cuff judgment, right? Where it just, it seemed like there wasn't as much going on and that could totally be first off a wrong impression on my part or just it, maybe it's changed since then, but you bring up the generators and that's exactly what I remember trying to do being in like a farm field, trying to start these generators a dude taking putting me on a meat hook or whatever people having to come and get me down. Like as broken as janky as Friday the 13th was and probably is still, I loved the idea of trying to reassemble the car, talk to the other counselors about what you're going to do. All right. I have the gas, you have the boat thing. Fuck everybody else. Let's get on the boat and go. And then, how Jason was using and manipulating that environment, how, you know, as somebody who the year Friday 13th dropped, the Xbox had a crazy sale where you got like all the Friday 13th or the first eight Friday 13th movies for like $4 or $9. Watched all of those while playing Friday 13th and seeing how true they were to the source material and how many nods there were to it. And the, you know, way Tommy Jarvis worked and, you know, radioing for help and trying to get to the cops. Like, I found, and probably just for my own attachment to that game, that universe and IP, that worked for me in a way that Dead by Daylight in the fields with the hooks and stuff didn't work for me. And so I never saw the need to pull over there. And like, especially now, like as I was just talking in the beginning of this, I do think it's so hard to, not hard, but it is a challenge to get a group together for Predator even, right? Like it's easy right now because people are into it. But the idea of trying to get, I don't even know how many people play Dead by Daylight, right? Or I'm sorry. I don't know how big the party size for Dead by Daylight is trying to get those people to download it, to be ready to go to do the thing. Like I have no interest for it, but I do appreciate Dead by Daylight and what they've done with that and why so many people do dig it the way they dig it. Blessing. Greg. Jordan Deeb wrote in patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says, Hey guys, I'm writing in with a bit of an antidote. No, antidote. Why do I fuck this? Anecdote. Antidote. Antidote is what I would do if a snake bit me. Yeah, antidote is like what you do. Like, this is what we need right now. Actually. I know what it is. I can read it. I know what it is, but I can't say it. For this question, in the first half of 2019, I had to take a semester off of school for health reasons. And me and my friends started a Twitch channel in that time. Parentheses. We'll not be mentioning it to avoid sounding like a plug. First off, Jordan, I appreciate that. But second, you got to plug your shit. Take your shot. Shoot your shot. Don't worry about it. Let the host worry about it if they're not going to plug your Twitch channel. Uh, because we didn't have any money to consistently buy new games, I looked through my PlayStation Plus library, and three of the games we streamed were all amazing. 
Story-based decision games that I missed out on and finally got to experience with a friend and with my small Twitch audience. These games were Life is Strange, Until yep. Dawn, and Beyond Two Souls. Oh, so these games hold a special place in my heart as good PlayStation Plus games. However, I'd also like to remind listeners that Injustice 1, Ratchet & Clank 2016, Steep, Just Cause 3, The Telltale Batman Game Season 1, Sniper Elite 4, and Infamous First Light have all been some AAA games given out on PlayStation Plus. Also, um, to add to that to that original trio, right, of Life yeah. Strange Until Dawn and Beyond Two Souls, Detroit Become Human also came out for PS Plus, right? I want to say, like, last year. Um, when yeah, they did the thing where they switched them out. Yeah. Oh, you don't want Pez. Ooh, sorry, I forgot you guys hate soccer. Uh, yeah. Lastly, I wanted to remind people that the Borderlands Handsome Collection and Tales from the Borderlands have also been given out, meaning if you still need to play the Borderlands games like I do, all you need to buy is Borderlands 1 and 3, as you already have the rest. Sorry for not giving a specific answer, but I think PlayStation Plus is a better service than we remember, as it goes on a month-by-month basis. We forget. Thanks for the question, Jordan Deeb. Well, thanks for the answer, Jordan Deeb. No, you gave really good stuff, and I think it is important to point out that all those games, yeah, you just listed are fucking awesome. Yeah, Infamous First Light, uh, I played through PS Plus, and that was a great time. Like I didn't, I hadn't even played a uh, Second Son yet. By the time I played, I played First Light, and I remember getting to that and getting into like the arena mode. And honestly, like I might go back to that game and try platinum because oh, yeah? I've been thinking a lot about like, okay, what's what am I, what's my platinum going to be for twenty twenty? And if this first first light could be a good one, because I think like mainly what I have remaining in that one is probably arena stuff. And so I also got to check if that has a has a platinum because I'm actually not positive. Oh, it does. No, it does. It does. Okay. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, I didn't. I never got it because I didn't vibe with the challenge rooms. Like I did the story and loved it. It was awesome. And then I was like, I don't really feel like doing challenge stuff. And so I never, ever came back for it. Mm-hmm. and i don't regret it i'll let you know right now even though i did look at lost legacy for a second because lost legacy is the one uncharted game i have in platinum well i guess golden abyss as well but that time is coming on so i was thinking oh when i was like oh what should my ten thousandth trophy be i was like what if i ended with an uncharted like i started with an uncharted and i looked at it, i'm like ah nah i have like 40 trophies i still need to get uh, in that game i'm not and i don't feel like a crushing playthrough of that one right now so now ladies and gentlemen we ask you our best friends to go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can get the show ad free you can get it with the post show but more importantly you can give us your questions comments concerns and psn profiles this is where you give us your name we look at your psn profile on psnprofiles.com and either talk shit or or marvel at how awesome you are uh liam wrote in today uh liam's psn profile is in fact muppet lead muppet lead word Uh, i don't know what it means but i love it Hey, Greg and Blessing, I've submitted my PSN for your mockery and scorn this week, and I don't stand up to the trophy and I don't stand up to the trophy hunting titans of previous weeks, but I've done so to hopefully come up with a fun discussion. After browsing my trophies the other day, I saw that I'm coming close to hitting my 50th platinum. After knocking out a few Ratalika games, parentheses, I have no shame. Liam, you shouldn't have shame. Get those easy trophies. I am now at 49 platinum trophies. So I'm writing into you with a request that you pick me my 50th Platinum Trophy. You name the game for either PlayStation 4 or Vita, and I'll do it. I only ask that it has no stupid multiplayer trophies, parentheses, I have no friends, and doesn't take hundreds of hours to beat as I have a 20-month-old daughter and limited game time. Other than that, any game, any genre. Keep up the amazing work during these difficult times and stay safe. Liam, a.k.a. Muppet lead. I was uh, about to say Miller Solid Five and uh, Phantom Pain until you mentioned the the child, and I don't want to. The child. I don't want to take. I don't want to take you away from your child for too long. So I am on Muppet Lead's page here, psnprofiles.com slash Muppet Lead. I r- did a refresh last night. He is still at forty nine here. So yes, as he said, 
a full-blown trophy whore after my own heart. I see multiple Jack and Jill DXs, Foxyland, Explosion, the one that I thought was so bad I turned it off, Metagal. Awesome. Then we do have the stuff. Spider-Man is in here, of course. Little Laker. Mr. Massage, I'm seeing right here. Mr. Massage, yeah. My name is Mayo Twice. That's what I like to see. Uh, Batman from Telltale, sure. Lego Jurassic World, all right. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Like, there's good stuff. Walking Dead, Wolf Among yeah. Us. Yeah, Tom is here. That's a great one. Yeah. But and I like this too. First first platinum trophy was in fact uh, Uncharted Drake's Fortune, the the first platinum trophy. So I appreciate that quite a bit. Terminator Salvation, yeah, hell yeah. You got some of the good garbos in. Oh man, Dark Void. You got the platinum in Dark Void. Hold, hold the phone. Dark Void had DLC. He has forty eight of fifty eight and the platinum, meaning that there had to have been a DLC fucking pack for Dark Void. There was. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> It sucked. What did I give that on IG? Probably a seven. I'm being I'm being overdramatic, but I digress. Blessing, looking through this list, what do you think would be a good plat for him to go after? I want to suggest something that's actually good, right? I don't want to suggest some like I don't I don't want to stress him out. Yeah. Okay. Okay. See, I'm trying to I'm trying to look through because I was going to say Spider Man, but uh, it looks like they've already platinum Spider Man. Yeah. You want to know what I'm thinking? What's that? You said it, and I think it's a good. It's a good one. I think. What about Infamous First Light? A PlayStation. Oh PlayStation. yeah. Not a long game. Challenge rooms and stuff. That's a great idea, honestly. Let me see how far off I. Am. Maybe we, maybe we make it. We all try to platinum Infamous First Light before next week. Infamous. Yeah, let me see how far off I am. Also. Because Infamous First Light is a very fun game. Like. Well, I mean, Infamous in general, right? Those are like very fun games, right? Like they don't suck to kind of go back to and play, I imagine. Hopefully I'm not eating my words. <laughs> You're going to go back and be like, oh my God, this is terrible. <laughs> this is like, oh, this is not age well at all. All right, here we go. Infamous First Light. Yeah, I currently am at 32% and I'm short on every upgrade, the challenges, points in the challenges, Overlord 25, Rescue Some Hostages, earn 10,000. 25 stasis kills. I'm down. I say we challenge him to do it, and then we do it as well. I'm down. Why not? There we go. All right, everybody. You have homework. Everybody needs to go platinum, infamous first light. Of course, as we said, it was a previous PSN uh, PlayStation Plus game, so hopefully you have it for free. Uh, if not, I'm sure it's on the store. I don't know why I said it like that. Of course, it's on the store. Um, but once you platinum it, I need you to screenshot yourself in front of. So I want a selfie of you in front of the TV with the platinum behind you like this. Give me a thumbs up. And you can share your screen, I guess, but I don't like that. I want to see your faces, and you'll get some retweets from me. Uh, hashtag P-S-I-L-Y. XOXO. I got it all. PS. Yeah, that's right. Do, do, you, you know, hashtag the fucking show with the, but just the initials of the show with the XOXO. You got it? You got it, Blessing? I got it. I got it. Thank you very much. <sighs> I like homework for something like that. Man, okay. I only have, looks like 13 trophies for Infamous First Light out of like 25. I got 10 to 25, so don't come complaining to me. All right. All right. Don't be yeah, complaining. I just, I just remembered that I'm playing Persona Five, and you know that takes a lot of time. And you know what? You, you know what? Bless the fun thing about Persona Five is you can completely platinum it in just one story run. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but I don't know if I'm gonna. I'm not. I don't know if I'm gonna make it though, because I've not been playing with a guide, which worries me. Um, I mean, there's only like there's only like two things that you really need. Or three things that you really like, need to unlock. You got to max out all all the confidants, and you got to max out your social stats, right? You don't have to max out confidants. Um, 
Really? You Ladies and gentlemen, and PS, I love you. XOXO for the week. It's your PlayStation podcast. If you're supporting us on patreon.com slash kind of funny games, go on over there. Of course, the show's ad free, but you're about to get a big old post show uh, that'll be exclusive to you, your eyes and ears. You can enjoy it over there as we answer uh, Mr. Fredman's uh, question. Um, of course, if you don't want to follow us to patreon.com slash kind of funny games, get the show ad free, get the post show and get your questions right on the air. It's no big deal. You can get the show each and every Tuesday, youtube.com slash kind of funny games, roosterteeth.com podcast services around the globe uh no matter where you get it or how you get it thank you so much we love and appreciate you and couldn't do it without you until next time no it's been our pleasure to serve you